after two fires in Milton Keynes yesterday and 23 throughout Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes so far this month. A block of flats had to be evacuated in central Milton Keynes yesterday lunchtime and two women needed hospital treatment. Later, firefighters rescued a dog from a flat fire in Brown's Wood. Hertfordshire police are being investigated by the Police Complaints Commission after a woman was killed by her partner in North London. 35-year-old Mohammed Badi Uzaman was given a minimum term of 17 years yesterday for killing mother of three, Sabine Thandy, last year, just weeks after being arrested for threatening to kill her. He was also the subject of a Watford County court order. Hearts Police and Scotland Yard are being investigated. Talks between European leaders in Brussels have ended with the French President Francois Hollande calling on the EU to become more efficient and not to interfere. His remarks echo the criticism made yesterday by David Cameron that the European Union had become too big and too bossy. Mr Hollande called for changes after leaders had their first chance to discuss the sweeping gains made by anti-EU parties. It must concentrate more on the priorities to be more efficient and avoid doing what is not necessary. It is not a matter of changing the treaties, it is the simplification which is necessary. A man is due in court this morning after being recaptured after escaping from a Buckinghamshire jail. 36-year-old Wayne MacLeod walked out of Springhill Prison in Grendon Underwood on Sunday evening. He was arrested yesterday. Demonstrators from Leighton Buzzard are heading to London this morning to protest outside Westminster Abbey against plans to build an out-of-town retail park on land owned by the church commissioners. They say the proposed development will take too much money out of Leighton Buzzard Town Centre. In sport, Wickham say they are fully confident there is no case to answer after relegation rivals Bristol Rovers complained to the FA, claiming Wanderers may have breached third-party ownership rules. Wickham were recently fined £10,000 by the FA, but escaped any points deduction. The weather, a cool and damp day with showery rain, some of which could be heavy, a maximum temperature 15 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks uh, I like the old park where you've got a lot of nice green trees nice park yeah nice I like it up that park it's all about where you live if you smile at somebody they'll tend to smile back at you so it's quite nice a friendly area. And all this week we're featuring Dunstable. It's not as big as other places but it's quite like a community feel. The big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, my respect boss, yeah? Why are people in places always obsessed with the size of these places? We had the fella the other week, oh, it's not, to, it's just the right size, it's not too overbearing. The young lady there, oh, it's, it's, not, it's a good size. What, 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 I don't know the size of the place I live. Why is that a, a, a pertinent point? I wish my place was a little bit bigger. <laughs> Man alive, dear listener. If you knew the conversation we've been having just moments ago off air, wow! You'd be writing letters to the Daily Mail, demanding your licence fee back and calling for Jeremy Clarkson to hang himself. Unfortunately, it's strictly on Trinou, although it turns out nothing's on Trinou these days. One Direction, you seen the photos, guys? Seen the photos, guys? Why would you film yourself doing that? Just miming out for Catherine. Lots on the show today, including extreme speeding, drivers going over 100 miles per hour in a 50 mile an hour zone, 
drinking and breeding. Kids in pubs. And out-of-town greeding. That's according to some protesters from Leighton Buzzard. If you want to take part in the show, and trust me, you will, phones, use them, call me, 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. We're feeling it today. Well, Ke- Kelly Betts. Your song is on its way. Um, due to the mm-hmm. way our computers Uniquely work, funded, yes. Um, there will <clears> be a s- couple of seconds of silence at the beginning of the track. <laughs> oh, oh! That's exciting, isn't and it? Also... I haven't checked it for any bad language. Okay, don't worry about that. We'll check it as it plays. We'll check. We'll check it for bad language as it plays. The listen. Here we go, listeners. First job for you. Could you check this song for bad language? If you hear any swear words, uh, then please uh, email my boss, Laura at bbc.co.uk. Forward slash Kath. Thank you very much. No. Yes. Keep me out of it. Why is it not?
I would say that was a live in session, but still, we announce officially it's National Bare Naked Ladies Day in my car, in my car, in my car. Many, many, many. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Coming up, I'll tell you about perhaps the worst, or indeed maybe the best bit of service I've ever had this morning, and why I bought a young man I'd only just met two bottles of beer at half past five a.m. It's true. It's a true story, guys. It's a true story. I'm generous like that. But first of all, speeding. There's speeding, and then there's, well, speeding. Actually, there's just speeding. According to speed camera figures obtained by the Institute of Advanced Motorists, someone got clocked doing 120 miles an hour on the A14 at Stansted Abbots. The speed limit there is 50. Wow. Meanwhile, on the Wendover bypass, someone got flashed doing 130 miles per hour where the top speed is supposed to be 60. Now, listen, I think there, there is nobody listening to this who hasn't gone a couple of miles an hour over the spit. There's nobody. Nobody. But 130 in a 60, 120 in a 50? Peter Rogers uh, is from the Institute of Advanced Motorists. He's the chief examiner. Peter, 130 in a 60? That's fairly quick, isn't it? It's not, It's nuts, isn't it? How on earth? What? How? What? Where? I'm shocked by those figures. It's actually, uh, let me be slightly pedantic. It was 130. That bit's a 70. It's 60 miles an hour over the limit. Oh, it, oh in that case, it's fine. <laughs> in that case, it's fine. Do we, the, what, what, that, that would be an instant ban for the driver, wouldn't it? It should be, yes. Um, the, interestingly, the, the guidelines the magistrates have don't actually go that far up the speed scale. Oh, um, which is one of the things we're picking up this morning and saying, and you need to extend these and update them, guys, because people are going a bit quicker than so, they used to. So what, what, where does the, the statute go to, then? What is the, the speed it covers? 100? Well, it's not statute. It's simply the sentencing guidelines. Right, OK, right, sorry. And, and they run up to about 110, 120. I always now. thought... I was uh, brought up uh, by my slightly dodgy dad to say, never go over 100, son, it's an instant ban. Well, uh, the, the, the guidelines the police service work to is that 96 miles an hour you stop giving people a ticket. Right. Uh, and you send them to court. Um, and there is a serious likelihood that that's exactly what's going to happen. At those speeds you are going to walk away from the court because you won't be driving away. Now, the, the Institute of Advanced Motorists have, have, have obtained these, uh, th- these figures. Why did you do this, Peter? Because uh, we wanted to find out what was going on. Mm. Were you surprised... Uh, surprised? Probably not, because we're used to seeing these kind of things. Um, and we used to asking these kind of questions. And, and if I'm slightly cynical, being a retired traffic cop, I've come across some of these sorts mm. of things. So uh, it, it, surprise is probably not the right word, but uh, it, a little shocked, yes. Um, we shouldn't be seeing figures of people travelling at a, a 119 mile an hour and a 50 mile an hour zone. Um, and when you look at uh, that bit of the A414, there's a reason that 50's there. It's because there's a junction. Mm. And if someone's bothered to spend all the money to create the speed limit, there has clearly been a problem. There are organisations, Peter, that, that argue that, hey, come on, while 120 might be excessive, the speed limits are, are pretty old-fashioned and outdated and we need to up them somewhat on a significant number of roads what would you say to that that's got nothing to do with this really um because a the fact that you might happen to disagree with the speed limit doesn't give you the right to just ignore it Uh, and b i don't think anyone's going to put it up to 120 mile an hour um and and that there is a uh, a point and, and you you made the point right at the beginning when you're opening when you said Everyone makes a mistake or gets it wrong and does um, 
35 in a 30 or 70. We all make those mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Um, and even if you misunderstand the speed limit, which happens, you miss the signs or whatever, but you, you don't catch on that it's gone from 70 to 50. If you're doing 120... You uh, know you're up to something. You're well out of, yeah. of, of, of that range in the first place. Would you like to see changes, Peter? I know you want you want the higher speeds to, to kind of have sentencing uh, suggestions. But do, do we need to be tougher on speeding? We need to be tougher on that kind of speeding, certainly. Um, and, and there is a distinction between that and the people who make a mistake. The people who make a mistake or who... who uh, uh, if you like inattentive uh, and break the speed limit by relatively small margins often people don't actually understand what the speed limit is um, so yeah that's great give them a, a speed awareness course give them some education help them understand what's going on that's different to the people who are doing 120 miles an hour they know they're breaking the speed limit and they know they're breaking it by a big long way and that's a very different mental approach to what's going on Peter, I appreciate you uh, speaking to us at this ridiculous time of the morning. Thank you very much, Peter Rogers, uh, the Institute of Advanced Motorists' Chief Examiner. Over to you, dear listener, 08459 455 555. While, while it's impossible to uh, argue in the defence, well, I think it is, maybe you can prove me wrong, I think it's impossible to argue in the defence of doing 120 in uh, a 50 and 130 in a 70... Are the speed limits a little bit too slow? I do kind of think when I come in in the morning at half past four, quarter to five this morning, I got up late. That's kind of life I lead. Uh, that 70 feels a little bit um, restrictive. 08459 455 555. And is there anybody listening to this who can hand on heart say they've never gone over the speed limit? We all go over the speed limit. Catherine, you go over the speed limit, don't you? Try not to. But. Try not to. But. But. Kelly doesn't even probably happened. Kelly didn't even Very know there were speed limits until she got in this morning and read this story. The thing is, whether you go over the speed limit or not, we all know what it is. And I, I'm firmly the belief that if you get caught out, you're bound to write. Blimey, the hard-nosed Northern Justice from Catherine Boyle there. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, hards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound is closed at the moment. Now, there's been an accident between Junction 1 for Staples Corner and Junction 4 for Edgware Road, so do be aware if you are heading that way. In Brickettwood, very heavy at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. And in Waltham Cross, the traffic lights aren't working on the A10, just at Junction 25 for Enfield on the roundabout there. So far on the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, up, Nicola. 6.16. It's um, um, Wednesday, the 28th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for extreme speeding to be as socially unacceptable as drink driving. Two stretches of A Road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year, according to figures released this morning. Firefighters are urging people to take extra care in the kitchen after two fires in Milton Keynes yesterday and 23, 23 throughout Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes so far this month. And in sport, Wickham say they are fully confident there is no case to answer after relegation rivals Bristol Rovers claimed Wanderers may have breached FA rules. BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you have my respect, boss, yeah? Every weekday from 12. 
Nick Coffer brings you... Why did Wet 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 break up? You know, it, it surprised me that it, that it lasted so long, but I think there's always going to be something that trips you up. Great guests. Amir and Keith's charity is celebrating its fifth anniversary after changing many young people's lives. Great music. This is the drifters kissing in the back row of the movies. Hello to Adam, who has messaged me, so I'm playing some great tunes today. Great conversations. I'm in the library in Houghton Regis as part of our big tour. A lot of Houghton Regis was mainly 18th, 19th century. There was a big fire in the 1600s which burnt the village out. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. I preferred him when he was talking about murder. Once I had a little dog, I called him Cracker Jack. He had a spot around one eye that looked just like a patch. His legs were way too long and he was awkward as could be. He wasn't much to look at, but he looked all right to me. I found him by the riverbank just wandering about. He was cold and hungry and his ribs were sticking out. When he came, I picked him up I was just a kid and Cracker Jack was just a pup I took him home and fed him till he couldn't eat no more I took him to my room and put a blanket on the floor After that, beside my bed is where he'd always sleep Each night in my prayers, I'd pray the Lord his soul to keep Cracker Jack Love and understanding that was Cracker Jack. The best friend that I ever had was Cracker Jack. But he was more than that. Everything a kid could want, I had in Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack would run to meet me after school each day. He'd jump and wag his tail and look at me as if to say, Me and Cracker Jack was friends Through the woods and fields We would often roam about When we got in trouble We would help each other out I could run almost as fast As Cracker Jack could run We had a lot in common And we had a lot of fun He was always with me When I was growing up We shared each other's good times and we shared each other's love. He only lives in memories now, but often I think back to the days of childhood, the days of Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack! Cracker Jack! The best friend that I ever had was Cracker Jack, but he was more than that. A playmate, a companion, he was love and understanding. We should let's compile a list of the top ten songs about dogs. We've got Cracker Jack, dead, dead, dead or alive. There's Old Shep by Elvis. Um, um, 
Cracker Jack. I got beaten up in the audience of Cracker Jack once. It's I true. Wanted to go to see Cracker Jack. I got beaten up in the audience of Cracker Jack. Beaten up in the audience. It wasn't like being at, at um, Reading Festival or something or, or the, the, the the another festival. I got. It wasn't like being at Altmont in 1969. I got beaten up in the audience of Cracker Jack really? and I cried a tear. By another child? Yeah, or? a child behind me kept really kept punching my ear, oh, punching my ear. And what was great is I was in the front row and two seats, one seat there. Then there's another seat. Keith Harris and. Sorry, what's going on that's... Uh, what are you laughing at? Sorry, uh, the telly caught my eye. Well, what's going on? I'm telling you about how I was sat one seat away from Keith Harris and Cuddles <laughs> the Monkey. And oh, you're... you're right, that is more interesting than there's that man's a ma- hair. There's a man on telly who's got one of those comos. Oh, for goodness sakes. So I was sat one... Steve! Morning. I was sat one seat away from Keith Harris and Cuddles the Monkey. And uh, about eight years ago, let's make it ten, shall we? Someone, I was doing a job and someone said, oh... I think you might like to see this. They'd heard my story. They handed me a VHS video cassette. And do you know what was on that VHS video cassette, Steve? Sorry? Are you listening to me? Yeah, I am. Yeah, you do go on a bit, though. The footage, <laughs> the footage of me sat one seat away from Keith Harris and Cuddles the Monkey. And do you know where that VHS video cassette is now? In the dustbin. Yeah, I've got no idea where it is. I lost it. I completely and utterly lost it, and I'm furious. I uh, oh, wow. my first ever television uh, experience, appearance, and it has been lost, Steve. It's been lost. Oh, so if anybody's God. shut up, if anybody's got footage of me as uh, an eight-year-old sat one seat away from Keith Harris and Cuddles the Monkey on Cracker Jack, could you please send it into Ian Lee, BBC, The World? Thanks very much indeed, Steve. What would you like to talk about, mate? No, about the speeding issue and all that. They should make the driving tests harder now. Sorry? They should make the driving tests a lot harder so Tell- people realise and understand the speeds that they're doing. Because cars are so modern, yeah. you, put your foot, you don't realise you're going the speed. Br- brakes are better now, aren't they? Well, brakes are better, yeah. <laughs> so so that, 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 there, and there is that argument that, that cars are so much safer and brakes are so much better that it, it's, you can stop more. Well, yeah, but obviously it's down to the driving test. You've got to make that harder, make people understand that it's a weapon, isn't it, in your hand. <clears throat> at the end of the day. Another thing, if people do speed excessively, suspend their licence for two days. For and two, then we have to get a taxi or walk to work two, or wherever they go. For two days? Yeah, suspend it. For two days? That's not going to do anything. I'd just take the two days off work or get a bus. <laughs> or I'd keep on the floor here. Yeah, but it's going to be an inconvenience. Cause when but, you but, use the two days, Steve, two days isn't an inconvenience. Well, it is for a lot of people. It would be for me. <laughs> well, uh, do, do you know what? Part of it, what if you get caught doing 120 miles an hour in a 60 mile an hour zone, Steve? What do you reckon? Chop off their hands? Bit, bit of the old Sharia? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe show them uh, a car having an accident at that speed, and while they're standing right next to it, then they might realise. Steve, thanks very much indeed. I, I, I almost agree with some of what he was saying. But surely by making him stand next to an accident, <laughs> you're, you're, you're making someone else suffer for their... Sin. <laughs> Murderers and paedophiles. Uh, you'd have a paedophile driving the car <sighs> that's forced to, to crash at 120 miles per hour. Let's be honest, we're not going to miss them, are we? Uh, and it would also teach uh, a young driver the lessons of uh, speeding and uh, sexual impropriety. I think you've been talking to Steve a bit too much. I, d- the last three calls... I agree with him. I agree, I agree with him. Let's make the driving test harder. Definitely. It's too easy. I've got my licence. I'm fine. But they should make it harder. I've said this before. Maybe I've not said that, but I'm saying it now. Let's talk about the difference in your driving test to mine. Well, I didn't what have, a, ri- have, I didn't have a, a, a written. 
Mine was or- I had to uh, do an oral in the car. Yeah, yeah. To get to get Flip my license to get my license, the, the fella said, "Right now it's your now it's the oral," and I had to do oral in the car to get to pass. See, that's that's only. Um, uh, are you guys all right? Are you having a nice time over there? Are you? That's just a small section. It wasn't that small. Of the test. We were for ages. In comparison to the, what you have to do now. For example, we have to do, well, us, us younger kids yes. have, had to um, do your driving test as normal. Then you had to get out of the car. Get out of the car? Yeah, well, that's not part of the test. Safely. And yes. Um, get out of the car and show them where the oil is. How what? The engine, yeah, how the engine works. Why do I need to know how um, a car works? How the, the tread on your tyres. Oh, for all goodness sake. Sort of the un- then, wait, I'm finished. <laughs> then you had to do a, um, oh, I can't even remember that other test. What am I doing with my did you have to do? Did you have to do any oral at all on your test? No. No, because they do all theory now, don't they? Oh, the only bit I did outside of the car was... Uh, oh. Look at that number plate. Look at that number plate. Yeah, we do that. Look at the number plate. Theory. Um, the only actual <laughs> test. And then showing them all the bits about the car. And then you can do a, a, a pass. <laughs> then you can do an extra on that where you drive on the motorway. Okay. So there can be five bits to you at the test nowadays. It's not just oral. Now, norm- <laughs> normally when we're talking uh, about nothing, it's because you're setting up a guest for the next part of the show. <laughs> are we doing that? Sorry. Uh, I mean, uh, are we going to get... Distracted by that man's hair. It, I mean, is yeah, it- it's a windy day out, so if you are sporting a coma <laughs> today, you might want to put some extra lacquer on it. Going to get guest on for two minutes now. It's all right, be worth it. It will be worth it. It's a good story, actually. It's a good story. Let's get the guest on. His name's Ian as well. Uh, There was a time when taking a lady into a pub would have been unthinkable. And boy, do I miss those days. Never mind a couple of kids. But these days, you'll be hard-pressed to find a pub in the three counties that doesn't welcome families. At least on the signs outside. The regulars will sometimes suggest otherwise. The Golden Line in London London Colonies had a bit of a checkered past. Some of its punters were a little bit druggy and a little bit punchy. But now its new landlords are looking to turn things around to create a family-friendly pub. But pubs, children, do they mix? Ian Lowe is from the South Hearts branch of the Campaign for Real Ale. Morning, Ian. Good morning, Ian. Do you want to see kids in pubs? I think in the right pubs, yes. They're they're fine. We'd like to see the whole family in there. What's a right pub? Well, I mean, ultimately, it's the local authority who decides they can impose restrictions on the presence of children in in pubs um, so that uh, they could say that um, no children under the age of 16... Um, even accompanied by adults, are allowed in. But um, if they're happy, and um, one of the four, basically, um, conditions that are that local authorities have to um, look at when they're looking at granting licences to pubs is the protection of children from harm. So they think that the um, premises are suitable for children um, under the age of 16, accompanied by adults, they can let them in. There may be some restrictions, perhaps, say, they should be out by 6 o'clock in the evening. Oh, yeah. Um, and it... Uh, it may be that they, if it's a company-owned uh, pub, you know, it's a managed pub owned by one of the big chains, they may have their own sort of a, um, rules as well. And it may be that they say, OK, the children accompanied by adults may just, just be restricted to, say, the, the, the dining sort of area if, of a pub if they got that. 
It is, as a parent, I have um, uh, occasion, even when, when the boy was a baby, actually, I've kind of wandered into pubs and the start, oh, no, no, sorry, no children. He's a baby. No, no children allowed. So it, it can be quite inconvenient from par- for parents, can't it? It was. I mean, this is prior to the 2003 Licensing Act. Um, the government tried to... Um solve this problem by saying that you know, no, no children, there's a blanket ban on all children under the age of 14 being on licensed premises unless um, the pub had a children's license. Um, this sort this sort of helped, but it, was, it probably led to more confusion than anything. So now that the 2003 Act says that um, children accompanied by adults, that's that children under the age of 16, ca- can be on premises. Um, unless these particular conditions have been laid down by local authorities saying, well, that pub isn't really suitable. Mm. It's just a one-bar pub. It's mainly drinking going on there. It may have had a checkered past. Um, Gambling may go on there, etc. So there's obviously the duty on the local authority to ensure that those premises that are allowed to sell alcohol um, have got conditions to protect children from harm. But it's a little easier now. And, of course, any pub can can impose their own rules. They say that children have to be out by 6 o'clock. They should only be in certain areas. Areas, but the clear thing is, for any pub, they, they should actually make it clear to all customers what the rules are before you go in there to avoid the the, um, yeah, the, the awkward situation that you described yourself. And it is awkward. Ian, listen, thank you very much indeed. It is awkward. Let's put this out there. Do you want to see kids in pubs? I used to, I used to love in the 70s standing outside the pub when my, uh, my dad and my granddad and my uncles were in this pub in uh, South London. And it had that weird glass. You know the glass that looked like s- square ashtrays? Do you know that glass, Kat? Do you know the glass? Yeah. Kat Kelly, do you know the glass? Yeah. It looks like square ashtrays. ashtrays. And you can't see through it. Really? Re- real air of mystery. And as the door would op- swing open and close shut, you'd just hear a little bit of uh, 70s sexist Walla. racist banter. Yeah. A bit of... Man- of manly as well. S- very manly. Ve- do you want to see kids in pubs 08459 455 555 I think it's disgusting to allow children in pubs but then part of me thinks it's quite a good idea Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading in northbound's closed at the moment and there's a serious accident between Junction 1 at Staples Corner and Junction 4 for Edgware Way. At the moment, some recovery work is taking place. In Bricketwood, heavy moving on the North Orbital Road, just off the M at 25. And in Waltham Cross on the A10, the traffic lights aren't working at the moment, just at Junction 25 for Enfield on the roundabout there. The M25 itself, so far moving well, we're not getting any reported problems or delays and on the trains everything's running well no reported problems that's the latest nicola richards bbc3 counties radio across beds hearts and bugs this is bbc three counties radio With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Campaigners are calling for extreme speeding to be as socially unacceptable as drink driving. Two stretches of A Road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year, according to figures released this morning. Firefighters are urging people to take extra care in the kitchen after two fires in Milton Keynes yesterday and 23 throughout Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes so far this month. A block of flats had to be evacuated in central Milton Keynes yesterday lunchtime. And David Cameron has met with European leaders in Brussels to discuss the European election results after many voters back parties opposed to the European Union. The French President Francois Hollande has echoed Mr Cameron's call for the EU to become more efficient. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Wickham say they're fully confident there's no case to answer after Bristol Rovers lodged a complaint against Wanderers for allegedly breaching FA rules. Bristol Rovers, who were relegated from the Football League on goal difference on the last day of the season, while Wickham stayed up, claim Wickham breached rules over the sale of Matt Phillips to Blackpool in 2010. Wickham were recently fined £10,000 by the FA, but escaped any points deduction for the offence, which happened under a previous owner. Watford have signed Romanian international defender Gabriel Tamas on a one-year deal. The 30-year-old joined Doncaster in January after a spell at West Brom. Tottenham have appointed Maurizio Pochettino as their new manager. The Argentinian leaves Southampton after 18 months at St Mary's. He signed a five-year contract at Spurs and replaces Tim Sherwood, who was sacked earlier this month. More from Conor McNamara. At Southampton, Pochettino showed an ability to get the best out of his players. Luke Shaw, Adam Lallana, Ricky Lambert, Jay Rodriguez, they all earned their first England caps while playing under him. And this is a trait that Tottenham desperately crave. There's a large, expensively assembled squad at White Hart Lane. They've not been playing to the best of their abilities. Andy Murray is safely through to the second round of the French Open tennis after a four-set victory over Andre Golubev of Kazakhstan. Heather Watson also won her first round match. And weather permitting, England's cricketers play Sri Lanka in the third one-day international of the series at Old Trafford. The series is level at one all. Play is due to start at two o'clock in the day-night game. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number. Catherine Ball joins me in the studio for I what we've not finished, what we like um, to call the newspaper review. Well, with the, I'm not finished. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. <coughs> Catherine. Oh dear. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Sorry. Radio. Catherine Boyle joins me in the studio now Hi. for what we like to call the newspaper review oh. with Ian and Kath. Oh, do you? I don't call it that. Of course we do. We've been calling that every day for the last three years. We've been doing it, you plum. Oh. Dave Luton's on the line. Morning, Dave. Hi, Dave. Good morning, Good morning Sally. Good morning, Catherine. Hi, yeah. Isn't, uh, isn't uh, Catherine Boyle a silly old plum? <laughs> no, she's very nice, like Kelly. For goodness. Okay, pal. All right, boss. Okay, pal. All right, boss. Right. Do you want to see kids in pubs? Pardon? Do you want to see kids in pubs? No, keep what? them out of them. Why? Well, they're a smelly old place, aren't they? What, pu- oh, kids? Pubs? No, pubs. <laughs> what, well, no, some pubs are really clean and nice now, particularly the ones that used to be churches. No, why, why put them into pubs? To see people drinking alcohol. Yes, because it will educate them that alcohol is their no, friend no, no. and not to be afraid they- of. Yeah, well, they don't get they don't get involved into dr- um, into alcohol. Drugs? You mentioned they? drugs, although alcohol no, is a drug. Alcohol. Yes. Okay, but that's the problem, Dave. Maybe if we took thirteen-year-olds into boozers no. and let them have a lager shandy, no, or a, a port and lemon, that no. might desensitise the effects of alcohol on them later. Might get rid of the binge drinking culture. It's what they probably no. do in France. No, no, because that'd give them they give a disease. Twelve-year-olds have a glass of red wine with their breakfast in France. Well. That'll give them liver disease and that'll kill them young. Well. well anyway, Dave, what have you called in about? Uh, these speeding. These what? Feelings? Speeding. Spe- speedings. Yeah, I've never spe- sped in my car from the beginning or a lorry all my life. I've never sped in my car from a beginning no, or a lorry I've, all my listen, life. What does that listen, even mean? Listen, Sally, look. What? Uh, Sally. 
can you deal with him? Because yeah. he's a, he just said to me, you may not have heard this. I've never spared in my car from the beginning in a lorry. Yeah, what the hell? that's great, Dave. So why 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 would anyone speed if you've managed to live quite well without speeding in your car or a lorry? Then why would anyone speed in a car or a lorry? I don't know. I've got no idea. It must be their brains in a sense. But um, <laughs> I've never gone over the speed limit then to Mr. Lee. I've never gone over the speed limit from the day I started in my car and even in a lorry. I've got 12 safe driving awards for lorry driving, HGV1. Right. Right. And Kelly's right regarding when you get into that car or out of that car, you should always check your water, oil, brake fluid and windscreen washers every morning. But that'll take ages, Dave. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's your safety and others, isn't I, it? I can't do it at half past four in the morning, Dave. I will Why? wake my wife. What, I, the, the thing is, at half past four in the morning as well, I'm a bit bleary-eyed and I can't see properly. So well, you, if I check you, the engine, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to see if there's a problem, am I? Well, you don't let the DVLA hear you saying that because they'll say, well, he's not safe for driving. No, I am safe to drive. I know the route. Dave, you, no. know, you know about... Um, let's just bring it back to something sensible. Um, you know when you don't go on the speed limit, do you go way under? I always keep to my 50s and 60s. Uh, on the roads that say I can do it. You never go but 70? I, no. So you're more, you're, he's even more of a danger. But if, but if he says I can do 70, I'll go up to 70, but I won't go over that speed limit. You just said to Catherine you didn't go up to 70. Allowed to arrest my case! Dave Luton is a liar! <laughs> Excuse me? He's not, he's a very good boy. thinks this is better than Queen. This, this is, she, I said, Queen was coming up. I'm not a fan of Queen. I said, find something better. I don't think this is better than Queen. I was thinking of our audience and what they would prefer to hear at this time of oh, the morning. Isn't that nice? Isn't she lovely? We really could learn a lot from Kelly Betts. She's like um, a modern-day Jesus. In as much as she's caring, considerate, thoughtful and short. And long hair. Yeah, exactly. 
What have we got in the papers, Kath? Um, a number of things. Um, George Osborne's cat went missing, mm. and now it's been found. Someone from One Direction got caught smoking a doobie. Well, we don't know it's a doobie. Yes, he they s- said it was one. Who said it was one? The people from One Direction. OK, it's certainly a long cigarette. It does look like it possesses magical powers. He was certainly pretending it was a doobie if it wasn't a doobie. Why would you film yourself? If you're in one of the most successful pop groups in the world, why would you film yourself um, smoking a doobie? Recklessness. But then again, let's, let, let's have this conversation. Some of the best music in the world has come from drugs. From doobies. From doobies and harder drugs. Uh, Revolver and Sergeant Pepper's anybody? Cream? Don't like Jimi Hendrix, but he took loads of drugs. Jazz music is, is all fuelled by um, doobies and heroin. Fleetwood Mac? Fleetwood Mac, but rumours... Hey, guys, when you're listening to rumours as you're driving your 4 by 4 to take the kids to ballet, just think it was fuelled by bitterness and cocaine. How do you know about my trips to ballet? <laughs> hey! So, apart me... OK, I'm going to put this out there. Maybe musicians... Let's go before that, yeah. to the poets, the turn-of-the-century poets. Oh, they were all, they're they're all, all on it. They were all off their nuts on opium. Weren't they just? Maybe... When I say nuts, I mean brains. Yeah, maybe artists and musicians... Maybe they should legally be... You really are. Maybe art musicians and poets... Not poets, I don't like them. Maybe musicians... Poets became the musicians. OK, maybe musicians should be allowed to take illegal drugs because it creates better art i'm saying that almost kind of seriously because some of the best art some of my favorite music has been fueled by drugs i'm not condoning drugs i don't think i don't take drugs i don't think you should take drugs but but the the beach boys were fueled from about 65 onwards by marijuana and lsd in the end it will destroy any talent you have we should say that although mccartney's still going strong well as a talent oh come on come on Come on. I think musicians should be allowed to take drugs. Discuss. 08459 455 555. I also think that some of the most interesting people have lived lives and made massive mistakes And sometimes. But, but I've got to say this because my bosses will be going, what? Get, get on the front. I'm, I'm not saying you should take... I don't think you should take drugs. I don't condone drugs. If you, Hey, kids, don't take drugs. They're bad for you. You will end up as a gibbering wreck. You will end up as a... Keith Moon, uh, Brian Wilson, Sid Barrett. Those are, If you don't know who they are, go and Wikipedia them and it will tell you why you shouldn't take drugs in the long term because that's what will happen. Yep. Maxine Carr's in the Yeah, she newspapers. got married. She got married, and uh, the Daily Mail is, um, headline is reads thusly. Well, first of all, Maxine Carr marries in £2,000 dress. OK, that's the wedding. Average. I, th- I think nowadays that's about average. Bride Maxine loved all the attention, joking with guests at a lavish ceremony. That's on page five of the Daily Mail. So Bride Maxine was a bride, by the sounds of it. Uh, uh, She was embroiled in an awful, awful episode in our nation's history. What was she found guilty of? She wasn't found guilty of playing any practical part in that. She covered up for someone she was in love with, Mm. who by all accounts was crackers. Yeah, and I would imagine excellent at manipulating people. Excellent at manipulating people. Now, what she did was... She went to prison. She served her time. Yeah. What she did was to keep tabs on her for the rest of her life. What she did was wrong and was abhorrent, but she served her time. We... I'm going to say this. I'm going to say a sentence I didn't think I'd ever say on the radio. I feel a little bit sorry for Maxine Carr. Not to, not to denigrate from the hideous crime that took place and was committed by uh, Ian Huntley. I feel a little bit sorry for her. She's, she's not Myra Hindley. <sighs> we can put this out there. Am I, am I the only person who feels a little bit sorry for her? 08459 I'd probably be saying different if it had been my kids, of yeah, course. Absolutely. Of course. But I just think she's... We, we have to let um, criminals who've served their, their crime... 
get on with their lives, don't also, we? Also, she's not doing a Kimye. She wasn't doing it in the press. She's not flaunting it. She's just moving on with her life. Did we expect her to spend the rest of her life locked away? That's a weird one, that. 08459 555 Another weird one. Uh, coroner's War Game Fear. Call of Duty, which is a, a, a war-based video game, mm-hmm. linked to teenage suicides. By Coroner. By Coroner. Violent video game Call of Duty could be linked to a string of teen suicides, a coroner has suggested. John Pollard said the Certificate 18 game, well, there's a clue, which includes gruesome war scenes, had featured in several inquests he presided over. Basically, I think if I've got this right, there are four um, young lads who killed themselves. By young, I mean 16, 14... Um, and a couple of others, they don't have the ages, who killed themselves, they had played Call of Duty at some point in their lives. Now, was it Call of Duty that tipped them over the edge, or was it the unending, ceaseless blankness and pain that they were facing in their young teenage lives and they had no way of expressing it or crying out for help? I don't know. I don't, I, I, you can't link. You can't link. Yeah, there are some nut jobs who will... Um, Take this to the nth degree. You can't link video games with young boys in terrible, terrible pain and turmoil. As far as I'm aware, I don't remember, and someone will correct me, there's not a suicide scene in Call of Duty either. You run around fighting soldiers. That, I think it's, and lots of papers have kind of jumped on this bandwagon today. 08459 455 555. If that doesn't get you calling in, then we'll talk about eggs later. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting up on the M1 northbound, it's closed at the moment. There's been a serious accident between Junction 1, Staples Corner and Junction 4 for Edgware Way. There's some recovery work that's taking place at the moment. The M1 heading southbound looking rather heavy on the sensors between Junction 10, Luton Airport and Junction 9 for Redbourne. The A1M's looking heavy as well heading southbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage. Take a look at the M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow move at the moment between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. Brickettwood rather heavy on the North Orbital Road just off the M25 and so far on the trains no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, it's uh, Wednesday the 28th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for extreme speeding to be as socially unacceptable as drink driving. Two stretches of A Road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year. Firefighters are urging people to take extra care in the kitchen after two fires in Milton Keynes yesterday and 23 throughout Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes so far this month in kitchens. And in sport, Wickham say they are fully confident there is no case to answer after relegation rivals Bristol Rovers claimed Wanderers may have breached FA rules. 08459 455 555. Let's get some proper weather now with Georgina Burnett. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, so we've got a cloudy day again today with some more of that light, showery rain. So it is fairly light in nature for the most part, but uh, there will be some heavy bursts at times in certain places too. And it's still feeling quite chilly with temperatures only reaching about 15 or 16 degrees Celsius. Now tonight, a mostly cloudy night with some rain again, sometimes heavy. Temperatures down to about 12 degrees Celsius. And for tomorrow, some more of that showery rain again, sometimes heavy, um, probably limited sunny spells. But I think it will be feeling a bit brighter tomorrow at least. 
and it does start to dry up through the evening. We should have temperatures up to about 16 degrees Celsius. So Friday onwards, though, things start to look up. It should be drier with bright, even sunny spells and lighter winds. Um, the weekend, much better still, drier, brighter, some sunshine, not wall-to-wall sunshine by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and there's always a risk of isolated showers, particularly on the Sunday. Uh, but temperatures should start to pick up too. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they'll start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. You found a story that's... The, 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 the conversation has brought water to my eyes, tears to my eyes. Give us the story. Charlie and Lola. It's, a gr- it's one of the best kids' cartoons. It is, but he's much too nice to her. Oh, he'd be giving her dead arms and tying Chinese her up in birds a cupboard. And yeah. stuff. She's a pain. Yeah. Her older brother, Charlie, was as ever on hand to ensure Lola came to no harm. Yeah. Again, he should have been egging her on. Yeah. But that wasn't enough for BBC health and safety zealots. What? Not health and safety gone mad, this thin end of the wedge, hell in the handcart. Pretty much. This is Daily Mail, page 24, if you uh, want to read along a calf. They insisted that four-year-old Lola needed a mat to cushion her cartoon head, I put that bit in, as she performed a forward roll, even though she's a cartoon character. BBC. They put that bit in. Last night, the BBC was branded idiotic. Yep by the Daily Mail, after it was revealed that bosses ordered a mattress to be drawn into the animated scene in Charlie and Lola. They also banned other scenes in the children's TV series which involved characters standing on chairs or eating unhealthy snacks. Now, time out for a second. I'm even doing the time out hand gesture to indicate this is a real time out. Before we jump to conclusions and think, oh, BBC, just remember that when Michael Gove banned... What was it he banned? Um, was it Of Mice and Men? No, it was the other one. He banned a book. Did he? Well, he banned, he banned an American book. It wasn't Of Mice and Men, it was the other one. Anyway, let's say it was Of Mice and Men. Michael Gove banned Of Mice and Men in schools this week. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But he didn't ban them. Yeah. Somebody else had decided not to put it on the, on syllabus. the syllabus. So before we, So the BBC may not have made this proclamation, but if they have, aren't they idiotic? Yeah. Kids doing forward roles is one of God's gifts to um, the parents. My kids do... Well, death-defying stunts most every day. Yeah. Uh, there's very little cushioning at all. Oh, it's they cl- the other day I, cl- I looked around and uh, my eldest was on a big chest. No, my youngest was on a big chest of drawers, going, "Dad, Dad, Dad, look at me!" And then just flew and jumped out, Superman styling. My two-year-old likes to, likes to plank. She likes to get on the highest point and she wow. can find and just uh, dangle there. Well, speaking of high points, my boys have found a great new game of jumping on um, my. Yeah, that's right, my Watsits. <laughs> To the point where yesterday, and it was like a full-on... My youngest... I was sat on the sofa. My youngest would stand on my leg, and then he'd jump up in the air and come down on his knees <gasps> on my Gingangoolies. Listen, I haven't even got Gingangoolies, and that makes me win. So I had to spend... We were watching uh, I Can Cook with Katie. I love that programme. I love Katie. I think she's very talented. I had to spend the whole show with my hands, both hands... Uh, protecting the uh, crown jewels. Yeah. Just because they were... Like a footballer taking a free kick. Exactly. I was in that pose. Wow. My uh, husband does that too, uh, and the ki- and the kids do that too. Yeah. Uh, the fact is, they're girls, so they have no appreciation of just how painful that is. All they see is the hilarious consequences of their daddy rolling around, and as far as they're concerned, being overdramatic. I've which had... to them is a come on. Exactly. It's playing the game. I've had a um, bit of a run-in with e-cigarette smokers. 
of the last few days. You didn't mention it. Vapists. Well, all I'd like to say is, to all you vapists out there, terror of mum as e-cig fire guts flat. We'll end it there. Oh, yeah, she had it on charge, didn't she? She had it on charge. Her e-cigarette burnt down her flat. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll end it there. I'll end it there, vapists. Deal with that as you see fit. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. See, this new invention that we haven't bought yet. Oh, this is brilliant! I'll have two. Well, I think you'll get tired of um, bread plates. I like, I like the name of it. Have you seen the name of it? Uh, baker dish. Baker dish. It's, it, it does what it says on the... Uh, it does bowls as well, though. All right, baker. I used to think about that again. A baker... For that reason, I'm okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a machine that makes cooks bowls for you to eat. Yeah. I just be eating the plates, bowls. They take ages to rinse out. Oh don't man! They? A revolutionary machine takes flour and water and turns them into bread plates and bowls, which you can simply eat after enjoying the food. Beautiful. So we're all going to be on bread. Yeah. But we won't have to do, wa- do the washing up, which is just as well because we won't be able to move. Yeah. The edible crockery can safely hold any kind of food, including oh. soups, according to its creator. I bet you have to eat them fast. Edible crockery. I mean, that is... We really have reached a peak of man's quest for knowledge. I can just imagine, though, trying to walk from the kitchen to the dining room with these bread plates and you've got soup in and it's kind of a race against time before the bottom falls no. out. Have you never had um, a, a bread bowl soup? No. Have you never had I've one? I've never been to that bread restaurant. There's, there, is, there, there are some uh, like uh, pubs and stuff that you get a bowl of soup and it's, it's in a bread bowl. Yeah. It's, and it's awesome. It's just the most wonderful... It's, it's a gift. To everybody concerned. But if you start tearing the sides off, your super fall out. Well, that's part, that makes it more fun. It's like a game of Tetris, or um, Kaplunk, or Jenga. Jenga. It's Jenga crossed with Buckaroo uh, when you eat soup What's in a bowl. What's that one with the coconuts? I beg your pardon. The one where you have the straws the and the coconuts. What? And you had to pull them out. No, that's Kaplunk. There was no yeah. coconuts. There were marbles. Oh. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Have you got any sympathy for Maxine Carr? teenager in love One day I feel so happy Next day I feel so sad I guess I'll learn to take the good with the bad Each night I ask the stars up above Why must I be a teenager in love I cried a tear For nobody but you I'll be a lonely one If you should say we're through But if you wanna make me cry That won't be so hard to do And if you should say Teenager in love I cried a tear For nobody but you And I would be a lonely one If you should say we're through But if you want to make me cry That won't be so hard to do And if you should say goodbye 
Shapiro. Oh. Well, do you not like her? No, she reminds me of um, getting dragged down the con club when I was a kid. Oh, no, she's good. I like that kind of old... She was a big star. She, the, the Beatles were her support act. Imagine that. Well, can I just say, um, there's a story that we can't talk about, but boy, wasn't that interesting. Yeah. It's all I can say. It's all I can say for legal reasons. If there was ever a time to say, not now. Yeah, not that was then. I love Helen Shapiro. Sorry? She's another one of those people who don't sing like they look like they should. That really didn't take off. Listen. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, listen, double, five. I'm going to try all week, five, double, Kelly, five. Kelly, if yes. they're not going to go for, do you have any sympathy for Maxine Carr and some people should be allowed to take illegal drugs, uh, then they ain't going to go for people who sing like they don't look people like they People who sing... Who don't look like they would sing like that? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Give me a call. We'll have a chat. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can have a chat off air about it. Are the phone's broken or something? We, I, I'm not being funny, guys. I am giving you gold this morning. Gold. And what you're doing is you're um, scrubbing off the gold veneer and going. Look, really, it's just a dried old lump of dog's muck. Oh. And then tossing it back in my face. Don't take it so hard. And don't take it so personal. Yeah, you're right. Actually. What should we talk about? Um, eggs? Yeah, eggs are funny, aren't they? I love, it when, I love it when you get double yolks. Here we go, this is a phone-in. I've never had a double yolk. You've never had a double yolk? No. Never? No. Go and get some free range from a farm. What are those farms all about? There's one near us where they just have eggs on, a, um, on, on like the wall outside and you leave money in a box. Who's going to leave money in the box? Just take the eggs. No. Yeah. Don't do that. What? Why? That's against the country code or something. No, the country code is gates. And shouting. Yeah. And never upset and dogs a... dogs on leads. Never upset a bull. What's your favourite way to cook an egg? 08459 555. I've got to be honest, mine is poached. A little bit of extra effort, but boy, oh boy, it's worth it. Do you know what my kids love? They love a strangled egg. That's what they call it. That's cute. Well, that's wrong. It's a scrambled egg. Yeah, I know, but I'm not going to correct them. Correct them because they're going to embarrass themselves when they when they eventually get old enough to move in with men, mm-hmm. and it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, after you know the, the morning after, I'm really sorry, Catherine, that the bloke comes downstairs and your daughters, you brought them up properly, so they'll be cooking breakfast. Hey, uh, Tony, do you want a, a strangled egg? And he'll say, Oh, you're so cute. No, Marry go, me. He'll go what? And make this right. A strangled egg. Um, I got to go. No, they'll think it's cute. I don't think they will. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound's closed at the moment. That's because of a serious accident that happened between Junction 1, Staples Corner and Junction 4, Edgware Way. Now there's recovery work now taking place. The M1 heading southbound's looking very heavy between Junction 10, Luton Airport and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise on the speed sensors. Very slow moving between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 19 for Watford. Very slow moving on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. And take a look at the M40. That's looking heavy heading northbound from the Denham roundabout to the M25. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. So, so far, it should be allowed for some people to take illegal drugs as it creates great art. And have you got any sympathy for Maxine Carr? 08459 455 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines record speeds on Hearts and Bucks A roads, warning after kitchen fires in Milton Keynes and Wickham face protests from relegation rivals. BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for extreme speeding to be as socially unacceptable as drink driving. Two stretches of A road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year, according to figures released this morning. More from Tony Fisher. The figures have been revealed by Freedom of Information request to 39 police authorities and show the highest speed recorded on a 50 mile an hour road was on the A414 at Stansted Abbots where a motorist clocked 119 miles per hour. The highest speed recorded on a 60 mile an hour road was 127 on the A413 Wendover Bypass. The highest speed recorded anywhere was 149 miles an hour on the M25 in Kent. Firefighters are urging people to take extra care in the kitchen after two fires in Milton Keynes yesterday and 23 throughout Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes so far this month. A block of flats had to be evacuated in central Milton Keynes yesterday lunchtime. Two women needed hospital treatment. Later, firefighters rescued a dog from a flat fire in Brown's Wood. Hertfordshire police are being investigated by the Police Complaints Commission after a woman was killed by her partner in North London. 35-year-old Mohammed Badi Azaman was given a minimum term of 17 years yesterday for killing mother of three, Sabine Thandy, last year, just weeks after being arrested for threatening to kill her. He was also the subject of a Watford County court order. Hearts Police and Scotland Yard are being investigated. David Cameron has met with European leaders in Brussels to discuss the European election results after many voters backpiled parties opposed to the European Union. The French President François Hollande echoed Mr Cameron's call for the EU to become more efficient. The former Foreign Secretary Malcolm Rifkind believes the rest of Europe is coming round to the Prime Minister's way of thinking. If France now believes there has to be less involvement, less interference by the European Union in matters that aren't crucial that they be done uniformly throughout Europe, that's a huge uh, ally. Uh, for the United Kingdom. A man is due in court this morning after being recaptured after escaping from a Buckinghamshire jail. 36-year-old Wayne MacLeod walked out of Springhill Prison in Grendon Underwood on Sunday evening. He was arrested yesterday. Demonstrators from Leighton Buzzard are heading to London this morning to protest outside Westminster Abbey against plans to build an out-of-town retail park on land owned by the church commissioners. They say the proposed development will take too much money out of Leighton Buzzard town centre. In sport, Wickham say they're fully confident there is no case to answer after relegation rivals Bristol Rovers claimed Wanderers may have breached FA rules. Wickham were recently fined £10,000 by the FA but escaped any points deduction. The weather, a cool and damp day with showery rain, some of which could be heavy, a maximum temperature 15 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's lovely, all the green, all the horses, and no one tells you off if you walk on their bit of land. And all this week, we're featuring Dunstable. We had a great celebration this year, which was the 800 years of the foundation of the Priory. It's all about where you live. I find it very attractive. Nice place to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is 
Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's really horrible and miserable out there. Really horrible. I had to put on my winter coat this morning. A winter coat. Flipping heck. Hey, I've still not told you about the bad service. Well, I don't even know if it was bad. It was honest service. It was honest service this morning. It was a lot of information. And also what caused me to buy a very special young man couple of bottles of very special beer half past five in the morning yeah that happened that happened i'm just that kind of guy lots to talk about including extreme speeding drinking and breeding and out of town greeting here we go ladies and gentlemen I'm a poet and I never realised. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, listen, guys. We've all sped in our cars, haven't we? We've all gone a little bit over the limits. Now, when I say all of us, of course, I don't mean me because I work for the BBC. So I would never do such a thing. But you have, haven't you? But I think even you reckless losers out there would agree that 100 miles an hour is a little bit excessive. How about 120? Gosh. According to the Institute of Advanced Motorists, that's what someone got caught doing on the A414 at Stansted Abbots. The speed limit is 50. And if you think that's bad, they also found someone who clocked in at thir- uh, uh, got, got clocked at th- uh, well, well, hang on, well, well, 130, not 30, 130 guys on the Wendover bypass. The top speed there should be 70. Joined now by Adam Rayner, motoring journalist. Morning, Adam. Good morning, Ian. Uh, you, you've you've um, gone over the limit, haven't you? Um, uh, in my youth, on tossing up, only ever for speeding, never anything reckless or dangerous. Uh, I did actually serve three separate bands. Whoa, hang on. Three bands? Uh, yes, they only take your licence away for a short while um, if you're very, very sorry and you haven't sped too awfully. But if you keep on doing it, if you're a recidivist, yes. they will take your licence away after you offend a few times. What do you think about those people who speed to excess? 120 in a 50-mile-an-hour zone. Um, well, these are people who are well, quite clearly um, utterly in the scofflaw zone, maybe a bit suicidal, and... Uh, maybe trying to find out what the absolute ultimate design speed limit is of the vehicle. Of the vehicle, and the, the, road, the trouble is, roads have got two different limits: the one the law gives us, and then the one that uh, is physically possible. And sometimes the physically possible really is very, very different. Um, on occasions, it's a, a place where it can be great for raising revenue—a lovely dual carriageway that's only got a thirty-mile-an-hour limit on it. It's. Uh, um, just at the bottom of uh, the A5, where it crosses the North Circular in London, um, there's a flyover that's good for proper speeds, and yet has got a 30 mile an hour limit. But those sorts of rates of progress, those are uh, they're verging on the sort of psychopathic, aren't they? Really? Do we need tougher uh, penalties for people that do? I mean, 120 is a, is a stupid speed to be doing. Do, do we need tougher penalties for those people? Um, well, actually, the, the the one thing I will throw in is that. Speed is uh, not the absolute, it's relative speed, which is why doing 120 on a road which is just nowhere near even remotely uh, is absurd. There are places where, uh, in particular, of course, on motorways, and in particular on the continent, where 
if you've got the room, um, it's absolutely permissible. And at the crack of dawn, I mean, I've, I've been overtaken at, at astonishing rates of progress, even when I've been going quite quick on uh, dead bits of roads. But really, truly, it's, uh, you know, going over the limit a bit, having a bit of a machine to remind you and tell you less of it is one thing. But mm-hmm. those, those were people who really were... Uh, shouting, you won't take me alive, copper, while they were doing it, I think. <laughs> That's a lovely image. <laughs> Have you got one of those machines? Because I've been in, in um, uh, cabs, not black cabs, but, but mini cabs, where they've got a little ping, ping, and that means there's a speed uh, camera coming up and they need to slow down. Are they legal, those things? Um, I'm afraid I'm one of the UK's leading experts oh. in what I would describe as electronic countermeasures. Oh, dear, oh, gosh. And they vary from completely legal and you're entirely entitled right the way through to perverting the course of justice. Oh, really? And that is way beyond any motoring offence. It's the same as jury nobbling. There was a chap in the news with an Aston Martin recently absolutely claimed he'd had no idea that £460 worth of invoice had been applied to his car and a magical device that was pretty much like filing the flipping fingerprints off your fingers and if you're a burglar for the police, the... Uh, there are devices which will interfere with the detection equipment, um, various brands. Oh. But they uh, they make you stand out like uh, yeah. a candle in a cave. Um, and really, truly, that is uh, that's that's uh, really not a very wise piece of kit. There are ones that show you where every single speed trap is and adjust themselves as well via their own telephone circuit. They're very clever. They're fully Did, legal. What about those people uh, who d- d- they stick to the speed limit? In fact, they don't even stick to the speed limit. They're like 10, 15, 20 miles per hour slower than the speed limit. They're, they're, they're equally as dangerous, aren't they? Um, I only really get issues with them when they turn into clods. The centre lane owner driver oh, man, who's, yeah. who's going too slowly in the middle, and thank God they are now um, you're, you're able to penalise them. But uh, it doesn't seem to be work. Yeah, because if you're in the middle lane on the motorway, you can get done for it. Because that, that came in, I think, earlier this year or last year. But uh, it, it doesn't seem to stop people. Um, no, there is this uh, enormous uh, change I've found in motoring. I, I'm convinced it's not just that I'm getting older and oh, oh, there is a larger sense of entitlement amongst motorists. It seems generally. Um, the whole sort of it's everybody else but not me thing, you know. Do we need to increase the speed limit on motorways? Um, uh, there is a huge case for uh, falling in line with Europe, although there are people who suggest that if we put the limit at 130 kilometres per hour, which is just 81, people will think that 100 miles an hour is the normal acceptable yeah. instead of a little bit less, you know. Adam, always good to talk to you. You're, you're on form today, my friend. Go and do as many phone interviews as you can, because you're, you're gold. Adam Rayner, motoring journalist. And, yeah, I'm going to say it. Friend of the show. He's officially entered our friendhood. I think anyone who gets up with this hour to talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, though, um, I was ever so slightly distracted during part of that, uh, that interview. Oh, 08459 Your thoughts uh, on, on that. Have you got one of those devices that goes ping, ping, ping? when uh, you're coming up to a speed camera. I was ever so slightly distracted by my producer, Catherine Boyle, <laughs> who had some breaking news, Catherine. What was the breaking news? I was rooting around in my bag for a pen and I found an old chip. <laughs> so breakfast's on you then, is it? I was tempted to give it a little bit of a... I, I can't remember the last time we had <laughs> chips, though. <so. laughs> yesterday, I was in the car and the kids had been in the day before and the back seat was covered in raisins, covered in raisins. Nature's sweets. Aren't they just? Are you sure it was raisins? Well, this is the thing. And, we're dr- and I'm driving along, and I'm, f- I'm really hungry. And so I just reached back, and I grabbed a handful of raisins <gasps> from the back seat. What? Firstly, if you're really hungry, what are raisins going to do? They're going to they're gonna, um, just... Take the edge off. Take the edge off it. I'm not sure raisins can go off. 
Raisins don't go off. What did They're go off... off to start with, aren't they? Yeah, They're what off. did go off was the long black hair. <sighs> it was a head hair. It was a head hair that wound up in my mouth. Oh. And I had to pull it out. I was pulling it and it just, it just kept coming out and out and out. And it was really unpleasant. Really, really unpleasant. So anyway, I went to the shop this morning to buy some cough. Coffee. And there's a little shop around the corner and use it regularly. And Why doesn't anyone buy tea bags? Because tea, tea is for squares. So I went round to the shop and they, they know me in there. I go in there, I have a little Josh with them. I might I sing. I drink coffee. I might sing a song in Urdu to them. They like that. I have a little Josh. We have a bit of fun, a bit of bants. It's great. Those guys are crazy in there. And uh, they really love me. I'm their favourite customer. But we got there and there was like a little queue of two other people. I don't know if you can call that. It was a gathering. And the door was shut. And there was a fellow behind the door. And this bloke's going, Hey, let me in there. He said, I can't let you in. And I'm doing a comedy. Oh, please. Put my hands together. Please, I need to get a coffee. He said, five minutes. I said, all right, no worries, I can wait. The other fella couldn't wait. He told him to um, get lost and sauntered off, abusive. Anyway, another young, uh, young lad joined me. And uh, the young lad said, can I come in? He said, no, no, no. The fella that works the till is on the toilet. He didn't even say... He'll be back in a minute. Nope. It was, he's on he's the toilet. On the, Using the on. He's on the toilet. And we were stood outside the shop. I was, I've never been stood outside a shop waiting for a man to finish his bowel movements. And that is what I was waiting for. Anyway, I got talking to this young lad. I, I didn't want to. He spoke to me first. I was on my phone pretending. I think I was texting you. He was feeling jolly, though, wasn't he? He was feeling very jolly. Half past five in the morning. Half past five in the morning. Quarter past five in the morning. And he said, uh, he's only a young lad. He said, you got any suggestions? for what I could get up to today. Now, I've been around the world. That's usually, that's usually, when that's, a man says that to me... Sounds like code. That's, that's gay code. That, that's a pickup. It wasn't... I, I said, oh, no, I've got no ideas, really. I'm off to work. He said, ah, oh, it's my birthday today. I said, oh, nice one, mate. How old are you? He said, 22. I said, well, I, I gave him a list of things that I had done on my 22nd birthday. <laughs> They're not broadcastable, guys. You went to a museum, <laughs> had a delicious coffee. No, no, no. I was a decorating uh, book. Oh, that was it. That was what I said. I think Kelly's got it. Uh, anyway, we're in the shop. The guy eventually finishes his poo. We go in the shop. He comes up. He's doing his zipping his belt up. I thought, wow. And I said to him, I know what you've been doing. You make grass you up. It was really fun, Bance. I mean, and it, he gave me what was obviously an ironic, really angry stare. Because uh, it was just fun, Bance. Anyway, I buy the cough. Put the cough on the old uh, counter. And buy it. The young lad whose birthday is comes up. He's got two bottles of beer. I'll get those as well. The young lad says, what? I said, it's your birthday, son. I'll get those as well. And I paid for his beer. He thanked me. And then I got in my car and drove away. And I felt good about myself. I say 22. He looked about 14. Yeah, I was going to say. No, he was, tw- he, was tw- he was 22. Um, and I bet it was really his birthday. All I can say is, you felt for it. Well, why is a young guy going to pretend it's his birthday when it's not his birthday? I told you. Half past five in the morning to a celebrity. Pe- people have birthdays at half past... Your birthday is from midnight to midnight. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I get the whole birthday thing. It's a whole 22 hours at least of... Uh, but the 24 hours of birthday. I don't think it was true. But why would he lie to me? He didn't... He, For no that point, reason. At no point did he say, would you buy me some beers? Didn't need to. It's all in your eyes. This has to lead somewhere and be productive for, for the show. Yeah. Have well, you ever pretended it was your birthday? Yes. Call me now. 08459 Thank you very much indeed. He wasn't pretending it was his birthday. He wasn't pretending it was his birthday. He said, it's, OK, we, we can do the cynical, have you ever pretended it was your birthday? We can also do the uh, rather more loving and kind. Have you ever just done something kind for somebody? It's his birthday tomorrow. Who cares? Have you ever done something? I'm not buying him a beer. 
Have you ever just done something kind for somebody, expecting no no payback? I bet you never have. I'm have always you? doing it. When? I've lost count of the times I've done it. OK, do it now. I am doing it now. Sorry? Kath would bring us in breakfast all the time. Well, she's I not baked bro- you some cakes the other day. Why don't you bake me a coffee? I make you coffee all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So you've... Even though I drink tea... Yeah. ..and there's no tea bags... Yeah. OK. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound's close as recovery work taking place after a serious accident that happened. That's between Junction 1, Staples Corner and Junction 4 for Edgware Way. Taking a look at the M1 heading southbound, it's looking a bit slow at the moment, heading towards the Newport Pagnell services. There's a wide load that's travelling there, causing a few delays. Queuing on the M25 heading anti-clockwise between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 19 for Watford. And in Borehamwood, it's queuing at the moment on the Barnet Bypass between Barnet Lane and Mill Hill Circus. Also on the M4, 40, that's looking rather heavy heading northbound from the Denham roundabout to the M25. And on the trains, delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Hartford North and Alexandra Palace. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Oh, Nicola? Yeah. Nicola, before you go, yeah. you do the way this works is, is Nicola is, um, it, it does travel for lots of different um, breakfast oh, shows. No. And you do it for <laughs> us, which is great, fantastic. You also do it for um, the old geezer. What's his name? He used to be on telly years ago. Um, used to used to have a decent career. No, not me, Kelly Betts. The old fella, the bald fella, um, keeps getting sacked. James Whale. Very good looking man. He's not. He's got very smooth skin like a baby. Yeah. Um, I, I just wondered, who's the best out of me and James? Oh, I've just got to dial in somewhere else. I've got to go. I've got to, I've got to go. Nicola? Nicola? OK, we'll grab her early next time and get the definitive answer. It's 7.17. It's uh, Wednesday the 28th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaign... Oh, Gary, call back as quickly as you can, please. Campaigners are calling for extreme speeding to be as socially unacceptable as drink driving. Two stretches of A Road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year. Firefighters are urging people to take extra care in the kitchen after two fires in Milton Keynes yesterday and 23 throughout Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes so far this month. And in sport, Wickham say they are fully confident there is no case to answer after relegation rivals Bristol Rovers claimed Wanderers may have breached FA rules. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Even though it's a small town, you've got a lot of things to do in it. Inviting everyone to where you live. It's a lovely town, it's got a great history. And all this week, we're featuring Dunstable. Best part of Dunstable, the Priory Church. It's just full of history and I love it. We're just by the lovely clock tower in Ashton Square. It's a very friendly town and the people are excellent. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Dunstable with the right investment has the potential to be a very, very prosperous town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Uh, some texts. Uh, Paul in Elstree says, Kids, any chance you could play some Mrs Mills again? A morning sing-along to some people on the way. Do you know what? I meant to bring in Mrs Mills and Mrs Miller this week and I keep forgetting. I can't remember where I've put them. Um, Phil says, Ian, my record speed on the A41 towards Tring is 130 miles per hour in my Honda. Can anyone out there top that? No, we're not, we're not saying it's a good thing. 
Speeds of 130, they're ridiculous. You've got to be some kind of plum to be doing that. Some, I, th- I do think on motorways, we, the speed limit should be increased. That seems pretty obvious to me. And maybe speed limits should be changed at different times of the day. Alfin Oldbrook says, my favourite eggs are turkey eggs. But they're hard to fry as the white takes a long time to set, which often results in the yolk being overcooked. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Dogs? Yes. Women? Mm. Children? No. They should be sitting in the car with a bag of cheese and onion. Until about 1983, those were the rules of pub going. But how things have changed and not necessarily for the best. Now, most establishments welcome families, uh, at least in their marketing. To be honest, though, the, the days where her indoors was happy to remain indoors are sadly a thing of the past. Can I just say I didn't write this? Uh, it brings us to the tale of the Golden Lion in London, Colney. Uh, it's had a rough reputation in the past, uh, but its new landlords have transformed the boozer into a child-friendly environment. The question this morning is, though, is whether you believe a pub can ever really be a child-friendly environment. Do you want to see kids in pubs? 08459 455. Joined now by uh, a real ale aficionado and writer, Keith Wildman. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Kids in pubs, what do you reckon? Um, I would say... That there's probably like 99.9% of places in the world where you can take kids. And I would say pubs are the kind of 0.1% of places that should be left kid-free. And I think if you can't go to all the other you can go to parks, you can go to cafes, you can go to cinemas, you can go to theatres. The one place that should be an oasis away from children should be the pub. What's your beef with ki- uh, kids, Keith? I don't have any beef with children. I've, you know, kids are great, brilliant, but the one place you should be able to go without kids. Pubs are designed for drinking. That's the, the sole purpose of a pub is to drink, to drink alcohol. To drink alcohol, you need to be 18. So it, it completely defines the point. It completely defeats the point of a pub if you're going to have kids in. It, it ruins the atmosphere. Ah, no, that, atmosphere. that's interesting. In what way, do, why do you think that the children ruin the atmosphere? Well, if What there's, changes? Well, there's, there's two things that are going to happen. If you get a child in the pub, there's two things that are going to happen. A, they're either going to be bored, so they're going to run round. I, I've been in pubs, I've, I was in a pub not so long ago where there was a group of adults, sort of four or five adults, who were sat there, said they had a meal or something, they were sat there, and there were two kids, and the kids were charging around the pub, and it was a proper real ale pub, you know, all the fellas drinking real ale, and these kids were charging down, and the, the parents didn't, they didn't even batter an eyelid. Mm. Like, to them, they're probably used to it at home. But, as I say, you know, you don't, you, you don't go to a pub and expect that. Uh, and the other thing that would happen is they're going to they're be bored and just sit there. Like, they don't want to go to a pub. Like, the adult might want to go to a pub, but the kids don't, so they're either going to run around or just sit there. But I don't think it's fair on the other drinkers, and mm. I don't think it's fair on... Pubs are struggling, aren't they, at the moment? Don't don't we need to do as much as we can if we want to keep our our, our great British boozer? Don't we need to do as much as we can to get people in there? Well, yeah, but I don't think good pubs are struggling. I think um, a good pub, you can either have a band on, or you can have real ale, or you can have uh, good food, or... You know, there are pubs that are closing down, but it's a lot of the not very good ones that are closing down. But that's, you know, that's uh, that's my pub-going experience. But as you said about the atmosphere, mm. um, if there's a child there, all of a sudden you're thinking, I've got to watch what I'm saying. And I'm not saying I want to stand there effing and blinding, but... Sometimes we tell fruity stories in pubs. There, there is a lot of 
fruity tales, yes. And, um, <laughs> what a great phrase. And, um, yeah, if there's, ch- if there's children there, then you think, oh, I better not say that. And then you think, well, yeah. hang, on a, hang on a minute, I'm in a pub. I'm yeah. not in a, you know, I'm not in a, in a, in a, in a playground. Keith, no, stay yeah. there, stay there, because I'm joined now by uh, Steve Wilkins, who's the owner of the Little Gems Country Dining, which runs pubs in Milton Keynes, Bedf- and Bedford. I-, I guess you welcome kids, do you, Steve? Yes, but I, th- I think the interesting thing—it depends on your definition of a pub. Actually, I think listening to um, listening to your other caller, yeah. I think if it's if it's drink-led, um, adult-orientated environment, I absolutely hundred percent concur. I just don't think they're the right environments for children for all the reasons that have been been stated. We tend to operate what we would call food-led pubs. I mean, they're almost restaurant-stroke pubs. And you talked about the necessity of pubs reinventing themselves, and that's exactly what we do. So where you've got a food offer, and it's almost sort of a dining room, if you like, attached to the pub in question, then, yeah, we welcome kids. But what I will stipulate is we welcome well-behaved children. And I think one of the issues that we're facing at the moment, and we've, I've seen it in the last probably 10 years, is the ability for some, not all, but some parents to sort of get their children to sit down and eat. Sit up and eat your soup, as my granny used to say. What kind of um, stuff do you see, see these kids doing then, and these parents? Well, they just, they're, run, they're, they're just running around, and they're allowed, I think more importantly, they're allowed to run around. Now, I know getting a child to sit down at a table for 40 minutes or an hour is a challenge. I've got three grown-up kids, and I've been through that process. But it can be done, and yet then the parents have to be creative and, and sort of apply time and effort into the children. But what you see, you see them bring them along, they hand, hand them an iPad. And just ignore them. And the kid gets bored oh. after a while and wants to kind of wants their own entertainment. And their own entertainment can involve running around the dining room and running around the park. And the parents kind of let that happen, do they? Yeah, they oh, not all of them. Not all of them. And it's um, and the trouble is, is then you then get into a situation whereby you're ruining the experience for for the other guests. And we always take a view that we run all our places in the best interests of the majority of our customers. And you know, well-behaved children. We love them, and we we don't necessarily go out of our way to um, encourage them. Although one of our pubs, the Checkers, just outside Ampthill, has a dedicated play area outside for kids, so that's slightly more family friendly. But um, yeah, I think our business is very much revolved around what we would call family dining. Uh, how do you go up to the parents and say, um, "Excuse me, sir, could you sort out your little so and so?" Yes. Yeah. And, and what's uh, the response? Because parents can get well, very protective in those kind of situations, can't they? Well, the response falls into two camps, really. One is, I'm terribly sorry, you're absolutely right, it won't happen again. And the other one is, you'll, you are looked at as if you virtually just murdered their child, frankly. Wow. And, and, and it's, that is unacceptable to yeah. us. And you know what, if at, the end, if at the end of the day that person that we've spoken to has found the fence and chooses not to come back, then I guess in our view that's a success. Keith, it sounds like Steve's kind of, you know, he's, he's doing the, the, the right thing. W- would you like to go to have a little pint with one of Steve's boozers? Um, it, it sounds uh, like it makes a lot of sense, and I'm sure his pubs are, uh, are great. <laughs> but, but no, 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 no. You know, don't, don't give it. I think you start having food, um, maybe, but then you get prams, prams, prams in pubs. It's just you know they take up room. Um, it, it's just no. It's it, it, it's just it's just not the point of a pub. You know, you, you can go. Anywhere. It, it, it's, it should be the one place. It should be like the one cl- last remaining place where you can... The, the point, you, you go to get away from yeah. family and children and work, and, you know, that's, that's, that's where you go. Would you class place. Steve's establishments as pubs, using your definitions, Keith? <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, it is... 
There is a sort of a bit of a, a grey area, and like you said, it depends what you define as a pub. Maybe yeah. I think a pub is is a you know a sort of real hell thing where old men go and sit round moaning about stuff. I don't know, but um, comparing pipes, yeah, comparing pipes, and uh, but um, you know, my, my my ideal pub would be. Um, um, you know, sort of low beams. There's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a storm going outside. We've got leather-bound books. Chesterfield's roaring fire. No, no women in there. Uh, there will be women in there. Yeah, there's somebody you know behind the bar. Sky, maybe, you know. sc- Sky Sports blaring out. No Sky Sports. No, no. no. Did you, sorry, did you just say the women behind the bar? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Keith, you are now this show's official booze correspondent. Thank you. <laughs> Steve, give a quick plug for your places. It sounds like for, for me, who's got two, two young boys. And by the way, I, have, I give them three strikes. If they run around once, come and sit at the table. If they get up and do it again, sit at the table. Do it a third time, we go out with them, and, and there'll be no more of those shenanigans. You know what? We love you, and we want all you and your friends to come and visit us, because that's exactly the kind of families we're after. We have, we have um, three places in the area. We have the Swan in Milton Keynes Village. We have the park in um, Bedford on Kimbolton Road, and the Checkers just outside Amtill. And uh, great food. We, we do have low-beam ceilings. We do have roaring fires, oh. and we do have real ales. Do you have women behind the bar? And we have, but we also have men behind the bar as well. But we also have, we have women drinking the other side. Excellent. Of the bar. We're, we're very egalitarian from our customers. Steve, I wish you the very best of luck with your businesses. I hope it all goes well. Keith, uh, writer and real ale aficionado, uh, and traditionalist, and now official booze correspondent for this show. He's got the gig. There's no, there's no money involved, but we'll, we'll send him a bottle of wine at Christmas. Oh eight four five nine. Wine. I know just to get him angry. <laughs> he can give it to the missus. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Kids in booze. What do you reckon? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Who's the best then, Nicola? The- <laughs> huh? oh, I was just about to get on that. Nah, don't worry about that. It's fine. Travel. <laughs> Who's the best out of me and James Well? Um, I couldn't possibly. But if you had to, right, supposing, (laughs) supposing you're in the desert, okay, you've got stranded from your party, they're off, you don't know where they are, they don't know where you are, Um, there is a man, he's got a bottle of water, okay, and he says, yeah, you can have the water, I just need to know who's the best. Is it James Whale or Ian Lee? Who would you say? What about a combination of the both? Mm, James Lee? No, he's rubbish. James Lee? I tell you what, you think about it, and at quarter two... We'll get the okay. defeat. Listen, he's, he's, he's had so many knockbacks in his life, he can take another one. Of course he can. <laughs> of course he can. All right, quarter two. Okay. Final You'd have to do the music, do the travel without the music now, because I've n- n- nuffed up the computer. All righty. No worries. So, so the you M1 heading northbounds just reopened and now traffic's easing a little bit because of that accident between Junction 1, Staples Corner and Junction 4 for Edgware Way. The southbound stretch of the M1 though is queuing between London Gateway Services and Staples Corner because people are sort of slowing down. Take a look Travel at the news for beds, Wait till he finishes. And bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. So now let's get the travel. Here's Nicola. Nicola. <laughs> the M25 Eddie anti clockwise queuing at the moment between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 19 for Watford. The A1M's looking heavy heading southbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage and also looking heavy at the moment on the M40. That's heading northbound from the Denham roundabout to the M25. On the trains, delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Hartford North and Alexandra Palace. That's due to overhead line problems. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Campaigners are calling for extreme speeding to be as socially unacceptable as drink driving. Two stretches of A Road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year. David Cameron has met with European leaders in Brussels to discuss the European election results after many voters back parties opposed to the European Union. And firefighters are urging people to take extra care in the kitchen after two fires in Milton Keynes yesterday and 23 throughout Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes so far this month. A block of flats had to be evacuated in central Milton Keynes yesterday lunchtime. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham say they're fully confident there is no case to answer after Bristol Rovers lodged a complaint against Wanderers for allegedly breaching FA rules. Bristol Rovers, who were relegated from the Football League on goal difference on the last day of the season, while Wickham stayed up, claim Wickham breached rules over the sale of Matt Phillips to Blackpool in 2010. Wickham were recently fined £10,000 by the FA, but escaped any points deduction for the offence, which happened under a previous owner. Watford have signed Romanian international defender Gabriel Tamas on a one-year deal. The 30-year-old joined Doncaster in January after a spell at West Brom. Tottenham have appointed Maurizio Pochettino as their new manager. The Argentinian leaves Southampton after 18 months at St Mary's. He signed a five-year contract at Spurs and replaces Tim Sherwood, who was sacked earlier this month. Here's the former Tottenham captain, Gary Mabbott. I think it's a fantastic appointment and uh, I'm delighted that the board have acted so quickly. It could have gone into the close season and all the rumours and speculation would be building all the time. The fact that the announcement was made means that Pochettino now has six weeks to prepare for the start of pre-season training. So I think it's all looking very, very good. Andy Murray is safely through to the second round of the French Open tennis after a four-set victory over Andre Golubev of Kazakhstan. Heather Watson also won her first round match. And weather permitting, England's cricketers play Sri Lanka in the third one-day international of the series at Old Trafford. The series is level at one all, plays due to start at two o'clock in the day-night game. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots, lots to talk about this morning. Let me just give you a few of the bits and pieces we've been discussing. So there's a picture in a lot of the newspapers of uh, uh, which allegedly shows one member of the pop group One Direction smoking a doobie, a reefer, a spliff, a joint. A little bit of Sonny Chiba. Now, don't condone drugs. I don't do drugs. Uh, I'm not a fan of drugs and, you know, whatever. But, 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 if we're honest, hasn't some of the best art we've got come from uh, chemical experiences? Um, uh, the Beatles, Revolver and Sergeant Pepper, Jimi Hendrix, Cream, uh, Led Zeppelin, poets, a lot of the poets were, were on opium. So is there an argument that, that some people should be allowed to take drugs if it helps with their creativity. I, and I'm, listen, kids, again, I'm not condoning the use of drugs on, a, on, a, on a, 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 a regular basis. Go and look at what happens to those people who use lots of drugs eventually. They either died or went nuts. So, is there an argument? And also, in a couple of the papers, this is a, a, a weird story, and I can't quite get my head around it. The Daily Mail, front page... Maxine Carr marries in £2,000 dress. Maxine Carr, of course, uh, linked to the Soham murders. She was the girlfriend of, um, gosh, I can't remember his name, Ian Huntley. There we go. Uh, and she lied about where she was on the... She prov- provided a false alibi. Wasn't involved in the murders, wasn't connected to the murders, provided a false alibi. She went to prison, she served her time, she's out, she got married. Daily Mail. Bride Maxine loved all the attention, joking with guests at lavish ceremony. Shouldn't she... 
be allowed to have a life now? She served her crime. The, the, the way the legal system works in this country is, once you've served your time, you leave prison and you begin your life. You pick up, hopefully, you are rehabilitated. Does anyone feel a little bit sorry for Maxine Carr? Or is it just me? Again, I don't want to denigrate the horrific crime that took place. And hey, if it had been my kids, I'd probably be saying something completely different. Any sympathies? 08459 455 555. And, and, I did something nice for a fella today. I was at a shop at a supermarket, quarter past five. A young lad told me it was his 22nd birthday. He then came up to the counter with a couple of beers. I was buying some cough. I said, hey, I'll get those as well. I bought him some beers. What have you done that's just, like, nice? We've got some uh, really good tweets on this one, actually. We do, normally the tweets are a little bit uh, rubbish. But, um, Gossie says, listen to this, Bet. This is, this is one of the best tweets I've ever heard in my life. Gossie says, I went to check to see if a nun was OK after I saw a football bounce off of her head. Isn't that great? Was she okay? We don't know. We just don't know the end of that story. I'm, I'm assuming it has a sad, um, sad uh, tale. Little Jason says, Nothing, I hate everyone, always have, always will. Aww. Wayne Smith says, Here we go, there we go. I went to my local hospital in the aftermath of September the 11th to ask if they needed people to donate blood. I'm assuming he lived, I'm assuming he lived in, in uh, New York. Otherwise, I don't know, maybe he didn't. Maybe it was just a, he was opened up to the fact that we all need to help each other in this world if we have any chance of surviving. I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Gary's in London. Morning, Gary. Uh, morning, Ian. First time caller, long time possible listener. OK, yes. Yeah, um, it's a special day today. Hey, why is that, mate? Well, it, it, today's, t- t- today's my birthday. I wondered... Um... Happy birthday. Thanks. I just wondered. What, what, are you doing, what are you doing to celebrate? Well, uh, ringing you, firstly. Yep. Um, Great start to maybe, the day. Yeah, maybe, maybe going out. Um, Wonderful. I, yeah. Where are I, you going? Well, just just wondered. I might go down to a shop. Um, Xbox One. Sorry? PS4. What? We, you're giving it away, so... No, I bought a couple of beers on. for a young lad. How old are you? Well, well, I'm a bit older than that. How old? You should have sorted your life out by now, Gary. I know, but... uh, Get out of here. Chances. Absolute chances. Sean's in Wendover. Morning, Sean. Morning, Ian. How are you? You're not not after me buying you food or Playstations or beer, are you? You could buy me a pint if you wanted to. I don't want to buy it, no! Uh, Anyway. Yes. Uh, Children in pubs? Yeah. Uh, We have our three kids. We take them to the Swan in uh, Wendover, but we, we leave at seven. Because that's the time when the real drinkers get involved. And if it's busy, you kind of don't want kids running around. I understand what the guy's saying, but we've got to go and have a drink sometime. And the kids sort of think it's good to ground the kids a little bit and get them in. Not to say get them in, involved drinking, but sort of like in an environment where drinking happens because how, it's part of life. How old are the kids? Uh, five to ten years old. Okay. okay. I, I remember going into, um, I don't know if it, it couldn't have been pubs if it was illegal, but like the Derby and Joan with my nan and granddad and just yeah. about the age of eight, nine, ten, and just feeling it was such a window onto this secretive yeah, yeah. adult world. Yeah, yeah. and working men's clubs as well, it's all the same thing. You used to go, but now it's kind of, I think it's a good thing. The girl, Isabel, is going to go and try and stick a sticker because at the pub they've got a dog sticker which dogs are allowed in the pub so maybe we should have like a sticker that you can put oh. in when the kids are allowed hey. and then take it out after. That's, that's not, idea. That's not a bad idea because I have had the embarrassing thing of walking into a pub with, well at one point it was, it was a baby but also when the boys are older yep. and they say, I'm very sorry sir, we don't allow children. 
and, and it's you know it's it's, yeah. it's not it's not particularly an old man's pub. It's, it's just it's just a normal pub, yeah. and we want to go in and get a drink or something to eat. Maybe so. we should have a kid sticker, kid friendly pub. Kid friendly, Sean. Thank you very much indeed. Or no children allowed except for guide children. Guides. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Is this, does this email? Does this email make any sense? From James, Ian, James when, Whale, Becca. When I was a child, we were never allowed in bras, pubs, bras, bars, bras. There were usually lounges attached to the bra, and that's where the women went with children. As far as I remember, only unmarried women and men went into the bra. <laughs> then again, this was 70s South Africa in the river gardens in Toti. I just wanted to go on the slad. From Jim, I added the bit about the slad. Does he? Why is he written bras? Is that a Freudian um, fling, slip? Yeah, yeah, Freudian fling, sling, sling, slip. Is it slip? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Justin, morning, boss. I know that some bras are big, but that is well and truly taking the biscuit. The bra biscuit. Mm. Uh, would you want kids in pubs? Um, I can see both sides of this one. Um, personally, when I go down the pub and I've had a few beers and I'm watching the football, um, I like to be relaxed in that environment with the boys, let's say. So occasionally I'm going to swear down a pub. Fruity so, tails. Yes, absolutely. Just I think, indeed, you know, fruity tails. <laughs> but if you're going to go down the pub, that's what you're going to do. And I think that if there were children running around in the evening, you, you couldn't be yourself in a pub because you wouldn't want to swear in front of the children. That being said, you know, if we're trying to be a, a family-friendly nation, why not let children in the pub? One thing that really annoys me about this country, Ian, is, is when you go into a, a particular venue and a, a child makes a noise, they may scream or something like that, what? and everyone just looks. What is that all about? I don't get that. When, when, sorry, when have you been in a, an environment mm -hmm. where a child has screamed and everyone's looked? Well, all the time. What do you mean, all the time? All the time. If you, if you go to a pub... When was the last time this happened? Okay, a restaurant last weekend. I'm in a restaurant, and you've got a family at a table. You've got uh, some young children with the family. Uh, one of those those children was crying, and yeah. they were screaming, and everyone just looked. Oh, you mean the parent didn't do something? Well, what can they do they in can a situation take, like that? They can that? take the child out. Well, yeah, I suppose so, but we're talking here for a few seconds. Well, if it's a few seconds, get over it. Yeah, but you, you know what people are like. They all look. But I don't it's understand. the same with aeroplanes in this country. I don't understand. That we'll get to the aeroplanes uh, another day. I don't understand what the problem is with everyone looking. Well, what is, well, this is the weirdest complaint. You're upset because you were in a pub mm -hmm. and a child made a noise and people turned and looked. I'm assuming they stopped looking after a few seconds, yeah? Yeah, but if you're that parent, why should you be getting nasty looks from people just because <laughs> your child is crying for a second? Give the parents oh, a break. Okay, you're on the parent side. Yes, absolutely. I'm so confused. Well, by why, this. why are you confused? Because you're really not explaining yourself, Prop. No, I am. Absolutely. Did you enjoy Corrie last night? Uh, yes, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Good news. Mm. Uh, did you write a poem about coronation? Street. I did, yes. Can we hear it? I mean, do you want to do it later? Ah, it's entirely up to you. You can do it now, I can do it later. It's, it's entirely up to you. Before we do your little piece on uh, kids in pubs, let's, let's, hmm. let's, uh, do the, let's do it after. Let's hear who you've been talking okay. to and what they've been saying. Well, um, you've been talking about London Colney this morning. Um, the, this pub they're called uh, the Golden Lion in London Colney. It's yeah. a, a rough reputation in the path, let's say. But uh, now that they've transformed this pub into a, a family-friendly fr family environment, um, you've been asking the question, can kids ever have a place in pubs? Well, I've been asking people that very question here's what people had to say no not on my but i haven't got children so it doesn't really bother me but i am a drinker mm -hmm. and i really enjoy a drink but no they shouldn't be in pubs tell me why i think i go to work every day of the week and i earn my money hard and i deserve to enjoy it and i enjoy it in a pub 
but I do not enjoy it when there's kids running around, especially children now, there's, the parents just don't care. Is it because you want to go down the pub and yeah. you want to, to swear, essentially, and do no, things yeah, that adults no, do? No, I don't want to swear, I don't want to do all that, but I do enjoy sitting and having a drink without children. Is it? So children around you just annoy you? Yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough, you're just being honest, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Richard, before this pub was done up, what was the reputation like round here? Not that brilliant, really. Just uh, none of the pubs are good around County anymore. Well, full of youngsters and... Uh, Yobs. Now, have you been in there since it's been done? No, up? I haven't, no. No, I don't go in pubs much in County now because I'm too old. <laughs> You're never too old for the pub. <laughs> oh, no, but but we, we don't. We drink in now, we go out for a meal and a, and a drink. So we don't go in pubs just for a drink. I mean, to flip that coin, uh, we're talking this morning about uh, children in pubs. You're saying you're too old, but uh, do you think there can ever be a place for children in can. a pub? If they definitely. Parents go out for a nice drink and a room for kids. Brilliant. You say a room for kids? I've got to have a re- separate room, having kids running around, screaming in pubs. People don't want that, so... So if there's not a room for the kids, then it's a, a, a big no-no? I would think so, yeah, definitely. Now, madam, you've been inside the pub since it's been turned around. What's it like in there? Quite pleasant, clean, apart from that. No, I only went in the once. Can there ever be a place for children in pubs, do you think? Why not? There's no smoking in pubs anymore, and most pub- pubs do food now, so there's, I don't see why not. So, uh, mixed opinion there, Justin, but let's mm. be honest, no one was really listening to that. They want to hear your Corrie poem. Can I just say, can I put something else out there? Yeah. I will never go into a pub with frosted windows or drawn curtains. I like to look inside a pub. Am I alone on that? Just putting it out there. Have I got... If I, I was always told, I was always brought up to believe mm. that if you couldn't see into a pub... That was a kind of code as mm. to what happened inside that pub. Is that, is what, that like lock-ins? No, not lock-ins. It was, it was yes, Kelly, exactly what she said. It was, you know, it was uh, for a specific section of the community. I mean, I stand by that. If I'm going to be going into a pub, I like to, to know where I'm going. I like to be able to look inside that pub. I don't know. I could be alone. I'm just putting it out there. Is it just to save on nets? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, we haven't got time for the poem. We'll get you later on. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing for the rest of the show? Uh, well, you've been talking about Maxine Carr this morning yep. um, in quite a number of the newspapers, and um, you put it out there this morning. Do you feel sorry for her? Well, yep. um, I'm back in Luton now, so Brilliant. I'll be uh, putting that question to the people here in Bedfordshire. Justin, I look forward to uh, seeing you with a, bl- a bruised and bloody face later on. Thank you very much. And we will get his Coronation Street poem. Don't worry, guys. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading northbound has reopened now. It seems to be easing off a bit now and recovery work has finished. That's between Junction 1, Staples Corner and Junction 4, Edgware Way. The southbound stretch of the M1, though, is queuing at the moment between London Gateway Services and Junction 1, Staples Corner. People slowing down there. In Boreham Wood, slowly moving at the moment on the Barnet Bypass between Barnet Lane and Mill Hill Circus. And taking a look at the M25, heading anti-clockwise, queuing at the moment between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. And the M40 is looking slow heading northbound on camera from the Denham roundabout to the M25. On the trains, delays at the moment of 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Hartford North and Alexandra Palace. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 
7.46, it's uh, Wednesday the 28th of May, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for extreme speeding to be as socially unacceptable as drink driving. Two stretches of A Road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year. At the end of their summit in Brussels, EU leaders have said a balance needs to be struck between decisions taken at a national and a European level. And in sport, Wickham say they are fully confident there is no case to answer after relegation rivals Bristol Rovers claimed Wanderers may have breached FA rules. 08459 455 555. We'll talk after the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Another cloudy day today. Some light showery rain around, uh, uh, sort of generally, but we've got some heavier bursts possible at times as well. Uh, temperatures reaching about 15 or 16 degrees Celsius. So really feeling quite chilly for this time of year. And tonight, uh, mostly cloudy. Some rain, which again will be heavy at times. We'll have temperatures down to 12 degrees Celsius. Tomorrow, some showery rain around, some heavier pulses um, but slightly brighter tomorrow. I think sunny spells will be limited, but it's certainly going to uh, not feel so grey as it has done recently. And it starts to dry up as we head through to the evening as well. Uh, temperatures tomorrow up to 16 degrees Celsius. And then Friday marks the start of some much improvement. So it should be drier with uh, some sunny spells, lighter winds. And over the weekend, drier, brighter, some sunshine. Not wall-to-wall sunshine, but certainly much, uh, much sunnier than it has been. With the risk of isolated showers most likely on Sunday, but for many of us it will be a dry weekend with the temperatures picking up. That's your latest forecast. Roberto Peroni. Gardeners wanting to rid their spring flower beds of snails can ditch the beer traps and eggshells and instead develop a strong throwing arm instead. Weekdays from three. I don't think there's any ethical dilemma about throwing them as opposed to killing them. It's clearly better to throw them. Hertfordshire police are warning drivers to take extra precautions with their vehicles following a rise in the number of cars stolen using specialised hacking equipment. Two thirds of teachers say poor writing has prevented them giving the marks a student truly deserves. Roberto Peroni. I do the animal stories. I also do the space stories, apparently. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Free parking, massive impersonal chain stores in big metal warehouses. What's not to love about out-of-town shopping? Oh, yeah, the first thing that makes the rest seem like a a better idea uh, than the charming but unfree-to-park town centre. It's a problem for high streets across the country. But in Leighton Buzzard, the shopkeepers are fighting back with the help of local campaigners like Victoria Harvey. Good morning, Victoria. Good morning. Victoria, what's going on? There's a march on Westminster. What's this all about? Uh, What this is all about is the land is owned by the church commissioners. So we're going down to protest outside Westminster Abbey to say that the church should not be making money out of destroying our precious town centre. So what is the church planning to do, Victoria? Sorry? What is the church planning to do? What's what's going to happen? They're planning to build a retail development on the edge of Leighton Buzzard, which won't be the massive retail development we've got in Milton Keynes. It will be small shops, the same size as the town centre, a DIY store, the same, smaller than our home base, and it won't have any clothes shops, so it's not providing anything new. They're planning to build that by Browns at the end of Grosby Road. Why are you so against it? What are you worried could happen? 
because at the moment, although Leighton Buzzard really likes clothes shops, we've got a vibrant high street. We've only got a 3.4% vacancy rate when the national vacancy rate is over 14%. It has been shown again and again that out-of-turn retail really harms town centres because people will drive there quickly for their free parking and the shops in the town centre wither. It's going to take a minimum of £2 million a year of trade from the town centre and we think it will take far more. Then people stop coming into the town centre, people stop coming to the market and then you end up with a dead town centre. It harms the community and leaves loads of people really isolated and unable to access any shops. Victoria, stay there. We've got Nigel Young, Chief, uh, sorry, the Executive Member for Strategic Development at Central Bedfordshire Council. Nigel, according to Victoria, you're going to kill the high street and leave people stranded. Well, I, I need to correct... Uh, good morning, Ian. I, I need to correct Victoria. In fact, there, there won't be any small shops on Grovebury Road because the planning restrictions are very stringent. It's what's called a bulky goods permission, and it, it strictly limits the kind of shops that or, or uh, outlets that can be opened there in order not to harm the high street and to improve uh, Leighton Buzzard's uh, commercial offer. Victoria? Um, I think that's a... Com- I'm sorry to say that, but that is completely inaccurate. The uh, larger shop is two sides of, two-thirds the size of home base. The next shop just down at 800 square metres, which is the same size as PK Furniture and CJ's. And then there are smaller shops. The bulky goods thing covers things like digital cameras and Christmas decorations. So it is very misleading to think that it's doing anything apart from replicating the town centre and our main sales in the town centre are in bulky goods are in DIY however much Councillor Young wants to pretend they're not Nigel? Uh, I don't think that Leighton Buzzard's town centre is a bulky goods town centre in fact I think it's one of the nicest high streets in central Bedfordshire and Victoria doesn't know what shops are going to be going to Grovery Road uh, because we don't know. The only shop that I know about, and that's not confirmed, has been, uh, as, as Victoria says, a DIY store. Um, I'm not going to name it, but there is one in Dunstable and there's one in Milton Keynes. Do you there have any one. say? Does the council have any say as to what shops go in there? Yes, because we've put those restrictions uh, in the planning permission. And will you, the shops that you, you green light, will you, you choose them carefully to protect the integrity of, of the town centre? Yes, we will. Well, if he's going to do that, Victoria, there there's, there's can't be a problem, can there? Uh, yes, it can, because um, actually Central Bedfordshire's own retail study shows that the second area, highest area of trade in Lake and Buzzard is DIY, and I do wish Councillor Young would read the council's own retail study, which shows that the main leakage to Milton Keynes is in clothes, and that's the one thing we're not providing. Well, we, we, we don't know, Victoria, that, that, that these new stores won't be clothes stores, do we? Because, no, because the restrictions tend to lie oh. clothes. They allow cycles, which we've got in the town. They allow DIY. They allow Christmas decorations. In fact, the planners have listed 22 shops in the town centre that the retail park will directly overlap with. Why can't why can't they sell clothes there, Nigel? If that's what the town needs, because they are that's not bulky goods, and the restriction is very specific. It's it's not designed to compete with uh, small town centre shops. 
I'm trying to remember if I, I'm trying very hard not to name shops, but there are clothes. You can, shops you can name shops. You can name shops if you want. Don't worry. Okay, I, as I recall, there, there's two or three clothes shops and a shoe shop in in what is one of the most vibrant town centres uh, in Central Beds. My wife and I go there very regularly. Uh, to, to shop in those shops. So I, I don't know why Victoria's saying you can't buy clothes, but actually we wouldn't allow clothes at Grovebury Road because they're not bulky goods. Victoria, there's a protest, uh, a march on Westminster. When is that and what are you hoping to achieve with uh, it? What we're doing is we are hoping to put pressure on the uh, church commissioners. It's at 12 noon outside Westminster Abbey. The former sub-dean of Westminster Abbey is joining us. So is the local vicar of All Saints Church in Leighton Buzzer because he's so worried about the effect on the community. And uh, we are hoping that the church takes its commitment to be sensitive to communities and to care for communities seriously and changes its mind on this. Nigel, what do you think about the, the protest? Is it, is it going to sway you in the slightest? Well, no, because it's a planning matter, but I've got to respect Victoria's uh, approach to this. She is determined and determined that she's right. I don't think she is. I think that this will be uh, helpful to Leighton Buzzard. It's about offering choice and shopping facilities that are not readily available on the high street. Nigel, thank you very much. Nigel Young, Executive Member for Strategic Development at Central Bedfordshire Council. And the other voice you heard there was uh, Victoria Harvey, who's campaigning uh, against this development. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. James has uh, emailed back... Ian, apologies, my walkie phone automatically changed bar to bra. It has a potty mouth. No, it would only do that if you had constantly changed the word bar to bra yourself. Yeah, yeah. Why is he typing so many emails and messages about bras? Maybe he's in the undergarment business. La Senza! Or, or cross your heart. La Senza! Do you remember those adverts? I'm going to see if it works. I'm and then the woman would disappear and you'd just see her bra floating I, in midair. I had something similar when I was pregnant. Yeah. It's not a flattering shape. Bra technology has really evolved uh, since the 1970s when the best they could hope for was crossing their hearts. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say what, well, and the kids are off and everything, but pointy. Mm. I just typed in bar on my thing and it came, it just left it as bar. Yeah, you've got to be a real Weird. deviant to have a phone that changes bar to bra. You've got to say bra more than bar. Hey, guys, such exciting news. Uh, such exciting news. There's 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 such exciting news. All right, Munchkins, chill your boots. What's the news? Hey, so Friday night. I thought we were just introducing Simon. You can use that as your theme if you want, Mr Oxley. That's a gift from us to you. One of the nice things we're doing. So, Friday, 9 o'clock, BBC Four. In 1969, a man recorded two albums, OK? They didn't sell diddly in the United States. But... but 
South Africa. It was massive. Massive! But he didn't make any money. Massive. Didn't make no money. They, everyone thought he was dead. He wasn't. He went to South Africa. I've ruined the punchline, guys. But yeah. uh, and played some concert. massive concert. 9pm on a Friday night. On a Friday night. They're showing, searching for Sugar Man. And I insist, this is your homework, guys. I'm talking to you, the ladies. She'll be out. She'll be out. She can uh, tape it. And I'm talking to you at home, dear listener. You all have to watch this movie and then we can move to the next spiritual level. Are you in, Kels? Yeah, sure. Kath? Well, you know I'm in. I'll I be mean, in. to be honest, it makes no difference if I actually watch it because I know all about it. So you could test me on Monday and I could answer. OK, the whole in fact, show. you can test me right now. Sugar Man's his name. It's not, South not, America. It's not his name. It's not South America. South Africa, I You think. said America. No, we didn't. You said America. Nicola, did she say America or Africa? America. What? Yeah, thank Africa. you. Thank Africa. you. She said Africa. No, Africa. Whoa, hey, she said America. Yeah, no, definitely South Africa. Who's better, me or James? My mic's not working properly. Such a, such a plum. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading is southbound, very heavy at the moment on the sensors between Junction 10, Luton Airport, and Junction 9, Redbourne. It's queuing at the moment on the M1 southbound between London Gateway Services and Junction 1 for Staples Corner, not being helped by the accident that happened on the northbound stretch. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, queuing between Junction 21A for St Albans and 19 at Watford, and also looking still on the M40. That's heading northbound on camera from the Denham roundabout to the M25. So far on the trains, delays of up to 20 minutes at the moment on First Capital Connect between Hartford North and Alexandra Palace. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Strange how the microphone seemed to work during the bulletin, not prior to the bulletin. Almost as if, I don't know, she was lying? Yeah, almost. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines warning over extreme speeding in Hearts and Bucks. EU leaders looking for balance and protest over latent buzzard development. BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for extreme speeding to be as socially unacceptable as drink driving. Two stretches of A Road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year. 119 miles per hour on the A414 at Stansted Abbots and 127 miles per hour on the A413 Wendover Bypass. Peter Roger is from the Institute of Advanced Motorists. We shouldn't be seeing figures of people travelling at uh, 119 mile an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone. And when you look at uh, that bit of the A414, there's a reason that 50's there. It's because there's a junction. If someone's bothered to spend all the money to create the speed limit, there has clearly been a problem. At the end of their summit in Brussels, EU leaders have said a balance needs to be struck between decisions taken at a national and a European level. It follows the gains made by UKIP and others in the European elections. The former Foreign Secretary Malcolm Rifkind believes the rest of Europe is coming round to David Cameron's way of thinking. If France now believes there has to be less involvement, less interference by the European Union in matters that aren't crucial that they be done uniformly throughout Europe, that's a huge uh, ally 
uh, for the United Kingdom. Firefighters are urging people to take extra care in the kitchen after two fires in Milton Keynes yesterday and 23 throughout Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes. So far this month, a block of flats had to be evacuated in central Milton Keynes yesterday lunchtime. Two women needed hospital treatment. Later, firefighters rescued a dog from a flat fire in Browns Wood. A man is due in court this morning after being recaptured after escaping from an open prison in Buckinghamshire. 36-year-old Wayne McLeod walked out of Spring Hill Prison in Grendon Underwood on Sunday evening. He was arrested yesterday. Demonstrators from Leighton Buzzard are heading to London this morning to protest outside Westminster Abbey against plans to build an out-of-town retail park on land owned by the church commissioners. Protester Victoria Harvey says the proposed development will take too much money out of Leighton Buzzard Town Centre. They're planning to build a retail development on the edge of Leighton Buzzard which won't be the massive retail development we've got in Milton Keynes. It will be small shops the same size as the town centre, a DIY store the same, smaller than our home base, and it won't have any clothes shops, so it's not providing anything new. The Environment Secretary, Owen Patterson, will officially open the world's largest fresh milk dairy in Aylesbury this morning. The minister will be at the Arla Food site at Aston Clinton, which has created 700 jobs and processes milk supplied by more than 900 British farmers. In sport, Wickham say they're fully confident there is no case to answer after relegation rivals Bristol Rovers claimed Wanderers may have breached FA rules. Wickham were recently fined £10,000 by the FA but escaped any points deduction. The weather, a cool and damp day with showery rain, some of which could be heavy, a maximum temperature 15 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There's a lot of history and heritage to be investigated. It's all about where you live. It's a very friendly town and the people are excellent. And all this week we're featuring Dunstable. Dunstable's nice and quiet and it makes you feel free. People generally are quite nice to you. If you get away from the main road, it's lovely and peaceful. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Suddenly it's four minutes past eight. There's something seems to happen. I, I, I seem to do the first two hours of the show in a haze of not really being, I don't know, awake. And then at eight o'clock, I perk up. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about, including speeding, kids in pubs. When have you done something, you know, just like nice for somebody? I bought a young lad a couple of bottles of beer this morning at quarter past five in the morning. I felt like I was giving something back. It was his birthday. He was 15. He was 22. It's a joke. When have you done something nice? And, and, and. News in some of the papers about Maxine Carr's wedding. Um, The outrage in the papers. She's got married. She's happy. She's... Do you have any sympathy for Maxine Carr at all? Four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> How do you like your eggs cooked? Just a little bit of fun. It's uh, a little bit of uh, fun sprinkles over the serious dessert. Now there's speeding, and then there's. Speeding. According to speed camera figures obtained by the Institute of Advanced Motorists, someone got clocked doing 120 miles per hour on the A414 at Stansted Abbots. The limit, 50. 
Flippin' heck. Meanwhile, on the Wendover bypass, someone got flashed doing 130 miles an hour where the top speed is 70. Well, I think most of us would admit to going a smidge over the limit at times. In fact, I would guarantee, I guarantee not one of you listening to this can say hand on heart, you've never gone over the speed limit. None of you can say it. If you want to try, 08459 455 555. 130, though? Wow. Uh, joined by Terry Duris, uh, councillor in charge of highways in Hertfordshire. Morning, Terry. Good morning, Ian. Terry, how do you determine what the speed limit should be on a particular road? Well, we look at a number of factors. The first of, that, the first of which is actually what the road is like. Um, we look at... Uh, Oh, excuse me, the intersections, um, the junctions that are on that road. Also, of course, we have to look quite rightly at whether there's been previous accidents. And I know that on the A414 that's uh, been mentioned, there were a number of accidents and quite serious accidents, and there was a junction also on that road, which is one of the reasons why we've actually put in some years ago speed cameras um, to enforce the 50-mile-an-hour speed limit. Because there is always the argument, isn't there, Terry, put up by some people, and I, I can kind of half buy it, but I, I not, not all the time, that speed cameras are just money-making machines. I'm not going to deny that there are a number of people who do think that, but certainly in this particular circumstance and this particular road, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, on most of the roads, actually, they're there for a reason, and it's, it's actually to reduce not necessarily the accidents, but the impact of the accidents and the reduction in the injuries that might be caused from the accidents. And, and I think it's also worth bearing in mind that sometimes uh, the people who are doing these ridiculously excessive speeds, they are gone, and, and somebody else perhaps takes avoiding action to, to, to avoid an accident with them, and they might go into a ditch or something like that, and the innocent, entirely innocent party is injured, and that's something that's absolutely reprehensible. Some speed limits do seem a little bit arbitrary. Is there always a good reason for a low speed limit? Because sometimes we're on roads where it's 30 and we're thinking, oh, for goodness sakes, I could do 50 here quite safely. I think that uh, sometimes if you're driving at, say, for example, if you're coming into Luton in the morning and you're on a road and it's very quiet, you think, why on earth is that 50 miles an hour or 30 miles an hour? But at 8 o'clock in the morning or at 10 o'clock or midday, that, that speed limit is there for a very good reason because the, the, the pattern does change and it would be, it would be madness, I think, to uh, try and have a different speed limit for a different time of day. When was the last time you went over the speed limit, Terry? Oh, I think possibly once in my youth, but I'm not going to admit to it because you'll only make a headline news. Correct. You're correct. We will be selling that to the local papers, and we can still edit that to make it sound worse than it was. <laughs> Terry, nice to have you on board. Uh, always good to speak to you, and a, a, an easy ride for you this morning. So well done. Terry Duris, councillor in charge of highways in Hertfordshire. Always comes on, even if we're going to give him a tough time, and you have to respect that. 08459 455 555. Not one of you. Uh, of course, you'll say you've never... Sped is sped a word. I think we've. I don't think sped is a word, but we're using it. You're, you're, Catherine's nodding. I don't. Yeah, it's a word. Sped isn't yeah, a word. Yeah, sped past somebody. Oh, I speeded past somebody. No, 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 you sped. I speedily went past someone at high speeds. You can also say that. But you can say sped. sped. Steve is sped a word. I don't. I don't know. It's like oh, brang. Me, brang I'm isn't. I'm about illiterate, me. I, <laughs> no, don't do yourself down, Steve. Brang. <laughs> brang isn't a word. You sound like my mum. She doesn't think mended should be a word. Mended it. She <laughs> thinks it sounds like it's made up. You, do you mean Menzies? John Menzies. No, you mend it. I mended it. There's a Neil Diamond song. Song she sang I to. I mend it. Song she sang to me. Song she brang to me. It no. sounds. It sounds right in the song, but it, 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 it in a word. What about raise, then? You know, you can raise an house to the ground. How can you do that? Yeah, because it's raise. It's spelt different. It's, just, it's the same way you spell razor. 
But what's that got to do with raising a house? That's though? like cutting it right down so to you the could, very base. You could raise a house, but you would you would certainly wouldn't raise a child. Well, I wouldn't. That, that would be that would be horrific. Steve, what have you called in for? Um, you was on about speeding and that. Yeah, you've done it, haven't uh, you? Uh, well, we've got them coming down our road at 100 mile an hour plus most most weekends. What is the limit on your road? Uh, 50, 60. Hang on a minute, you don't know what the limit is. Well, we're, we're in countryside one minute and the next minute oh, okay. we're, we're down onto what's Because right? this is the thing, you know those windy, wendy uh, uh, country roads? Yeah. The limit's 60 miles an hour on those bad boys. 60 miles an hour! Yeah, well, they come through. Where, where we are, we're between Emmerlampstead and Redbourne. Yep. And I mean, weekends, there's motorbikes going down there at 100 mile an hour plus. There's cars going down at speed and all. You know, and there's, they said we can't have speed cameras down there because um, you've got to have three fatalities in one year. Oh, uh, yeah, there, there is a... There's, it's, it, he's right, there's a weird formula for where, what gets a speed camera and what gets... You know, if there's a site... Can you... Where are you? Are you outside? Yeah, I'm outside. I'm feeding me animals up at the minute. It sounds like you're in an episode of The Archers. Oh, it could be there, you know, boy. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> wonderful, Steve. Like, just be quiet. Let's have a quick listen. Hang on. Oh, nice, man, it? it sounds fantastic. Oh, I envy you. Oh, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I think I'm one of the luckiest people alive because we live right not far off the M1. Yeah. And we've got all comfy and that. And, you know, I'm very lucky. We've got all the animals in the land and that, so... What animals, what animals are you feeding? Uh, we've got horses mainly. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Steve, listen, go put, put that piece of plastic technology in your pocket, switch it off, and go and admire the... Na- Didn't that sound fantastic? What a nice thing to say, one of the luckiest people in the world. Isn't that nice? How many of us feel like that ever? Oh, not Never me. mind every morning. Not me. I mean, you girls must, because you get to hang out with me every day, but for me, I mean... Huh? Um, hey, Philip's in Amptill. Morning, Philip. <laughs> morning, Am- uh, morning, Amptill. Uh, no, hang on. Uh, what? This is, I've never had that before. <laughs> I've had people say their name to me, but never their location. M- morning, morning, Amptill. This is uh, Philip there from Lee. Uh, Philip, yeah, I'm in Philip. Yeah, I mean, just a couple of things here, and you're talking yeah. about speeding. I mean, they do make these cars and bikes. I've had top-speed motorbikes for years, you know, that do up to 150, 160 mile an hour. Yeah. Well, what, what is the point of that? Well, to be fair, you know, when I go out on a Sunday morning or when I have done in the past, I get out on a road that I know is perfectly safe and what you see there, speed traps. It, you know, it, it's there to make money. But, I mean, I go out and, as I say, have a dual carriage or something, give it a blast. I'm mm. not a stupid rider, got a clear licence for 30 years, and I just take it easy. Have you done, are, you, then, are you saying, Philip, that in your time you've done a yeah. tonne? Oh, my God, yes. You've done, you've done a tonne ten? Yeah, well, I won't go there, but one... I mean, the bike on a track, I've done 180 mile an hour on it. Flipping heck! But on a, but on a, that's a, that's terrifying. But B, on, on a normal road, what have you, what, what's the top you've done? 150. No, on a normal road, I mean, let's let's face it, my bike could do 90 in second. Yeah. So that gives you some idea. But that's just a road bike. You can buy them anywhere, Ian. Yeah. Yeah, you know, well, no, be careful. I, I mean, as I say, I've got a clear license. I'm still talking to you now, but there are riders out there and drivers. I mean, what what worries me is the cars and bikes that they make that are not governed. Just yeah. Govern them up to ninety mile an hour, and you're there. Philip, thank you very much indeed. Well, uh, fair play, Philip's being honest. He's done over a ton on the M1. I don't know if it's the M1. It just rhymes. It's a little saying I've got. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Jeff's in Barton. Morning, Jeff. Jeff, I live, in, uh, Barton. I live in the Higham Road. Oh, okay. Don't give us the full full address, Jeff. Otherwise, we'll, we'll all be popping around for tea. Yeah, I live at Barton. Yep. 
In Barton. Do you live in Barton, Jeff? Yeah. And is your name Jeff? Yeah. What's that short for? Well, I live in Higham Road. Okay. And they come from Shillington and the school. And when we try to reverse out, yeah. we've got to wait till they're right up the road because yeah. by the time we turn, they're at our backside, you know what we say. Yeah. And then we, they, it's, it's 40 and we've been trying to get 30. Who are we talking about? Who's doing this? Who's doing this the, heinous the, crime? The cars. The cars. And when I come from my friend from uh, the hospital, yeah. they're there, yeah. and I come along the road at 30, yeah. and these big cars are pushing you along with the headlights, and some of them put their beams on to try and make you go faster. And I oh, off. I flip it. I hate that. When I'm abiding or slightly below the speed limit, yeah. and they're beeping me and flashing me, oh, no, sir, that's going to make me go a little yeah, bit slower. People walk across the road, so you've got to make sure that, that there's no accidents. Do yeah. you drive... Jeff, Jeff, let's be honest. Do you drive... Yes, I do. No, hang on. Let me finish the sentence. Do you drive... Yes. No, let me finish. Yeah. Do you drive... Yes, and when I go through yep. the village... They push you nope. along to do do go go faster. Okay, let, let, let me finish this. Jeff, do yeah. you drive? Yes, I do. Hang on, D- Jeff. Mm? Do you drive? Yes, I do. I know. Hang on, I'm going to get there. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Do you drive? Yes, only only I... certain journeys. Yeah, because I'm eighty years old. Good for you. Well done, fella. But Jeff. Yeah. Do you drive? Yes, I do. I know. There's more coming. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Do you drive? Yes, I do. I know you do. Yes, and um, I've only had one accident in all my time. Well, I hope you're all right. But Jeff. Yeah. Do you drive? Yeah. Re- no, hang on, hang on. Do you drive? Yes. I know you do. Yeah. There's more coming. Yeah. Do you drive? Yeah. Well, that's great to know, Jeff. Thanks very much for your call. Oh, wait, four, five. I was going to ask if you drive really slow. That's what I was trying to get to, because some people drive really slow. But we know that Jeff, we know where Jeff lives. We know pretty much the exact uh, map coordinates, and we know that he drives. Good for you, Jeff. Well done. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very heavy at the moment on the M1 heading southbound between Junction 10, Luton Airport and Junction 9 for Redbourne. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, queuing at the moment on the sensors between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 19 for Watford. In Bourne End, there's a lane closed at the moment on the A41 heading southbound between the Bourne End services and the Hemel Hempstead turn-off. There's been an accident and now some recovery works taking place there. Rather heavy at the moment on camera on the M40 heading northbound from the Denham roundabout to the M25 and on the Trains delays of up to about 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Hartford North and Alexandra Palace. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Well, we know that Jeff drives, so that's that's something. It's 8.17, it's Wednesday the 28th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for action to tackle extreme speeding after two stretches of A Road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year. Demonstrators from Leighton Buzzard are heading to London this morning to protest outside Westminster Abbey against plans to build an out-of-town retail park on land owned by the church commissioners. And the Environment Secretary, Owen Patterson, will officially open the world's... (laughs) Wow! This is something to be proud of, isn't it? 
The Environment Secretary, Owen Paterson, will officially open the world's largest fresh milk dairy in Aylesbury this morning. The minister will be at the Arla food site at Aston Clinton. Guys, we're going there after the show? We're going after the show, guys? You betcha. All righty. BBC Three Counties Radio. On Sunday, Luton was a sea of feathers, families and flamboyance. It's amazing, it's huge. Lots of young people have been working like crazy um, up at the UK Centre and, and in their homes. And we were there live all afternoon. I'm very proud today. It's uh, the first year that we've taken over the whole event completely. Hearing from the people taking part... Tell us, how long have you had to train to actually do this? Have you had to practice on this? It doesn't look easy standing here. The people behind the costumes... It hasn't got the heels like you have on your normal feet. And the people who made it all happen. And people from different ages, adults and kids that were part of this big dancing group. Catch up with everything you missed via our website, bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Been last year, it wasn't as much people last year as it is this year. Or go to facebook.com slash bbc3cr Hey! <laughs> oh, I hope that off button works on the microphone. Man alive. We, have we learnt nothing? Never say anything uh, offensive or libelous, guys, near a microphone. And yet we were doing both. Uh, Peter Nailsbury. Ian, the speed limit on the Wendover bypass is 60, not 70, as you keep saying. Sorry, Pete. Thank you for the uh, correction there. Mm-hmm. I've been doing 70 on there, so I haven't. No, you wouldn't, because you work for the BBC. I'd never speed. When you work for the BBC, you no longer ever speed. I bought a young lad a couple of bottles of beer at quarter past five this So morning. I gather. Well, what a kind, generous thing you did. It was his birthday. It's lovely. He said he was 20. He said, he got any, any suggestions of what I could do for fun? And I thought, I, I have been asked that question before, and it's been, it's been gay slang. Um, it, no, it has been. I remember once. I remember once walking home when I lived in Slough, and I must have been nineteen. Good-looking lad, and a truck like a proper. I love the fact you have to add it as a good-looking lad. Only a good-looking lad would uh, no, no, be suggestive no, to you. Yeah, but no, this was me when I was nineteen. I was walking home, right. and uh, a lorry pulled I'm in the middle of nowhere. Right, and a big truck pulled up. Right, hmm. it's like two o'clock in the morning. All right, mate. All right. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, do you know anyway around here, you know, I could have some uh, some fun? And there's me, naive me going, oh, no, mate, it's two o'clock in the morning, you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> no, no, no. Any idea around here I could maybe get a little bit of fun? I've got no idea, mate, sorry. And I carried on walking. And then literally ten years later, that event came back into my head. I was like, oh, he, was, uh, he wanted some fun. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't. <laughs> So, perhaps your reaction was still better. <laughs> <laughs> Deary me, what? Uh... It sounded almost as if you were regretting <laughs> the misunderstanding. Mind you, you were young. At 19, listen, it's yes. perfect. Anyway, anyway, we're going off on a, on a tangent that's probably inappropriate during half-term. Your show... What's on it today? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from yep. nine, you've seen this, uh, this story in lots of the papers today. Uh, the health watchdog NICE has told the NHS GPs should identify fat people in their surgeries oh. and recommend them for state-funded slimming classes. Oh, yeah. The guidelines recommend approaching people in a respectful and non-judgmental way before measuring their body mass and then referring them to weight management services. <laughs> Nice think that free weight loss classes mm. would particularly benefit adults who are obese, which today 
wait for it, let's just remind ourselves of this, today means around two-thirds of the entire adult population in yeah, this country. Yeah, using their criteria. I'm not... Conv- anyway. Well, uh, this morning from nine, I want your views on this. Do you think that the NHS should provide free slimming classes for fat people? Ultimately, the slimming classes that apparently are going to be on offer, it will be about £100 worth of Weight Watchers, Slimming World, that kind of thing, yeah. given for free on the National Health Service uh-huh. for people who are overweight or yep. fat. Yep. Do you think this is a good use of taxpayers' money? Is it money well spent? Ultimately, if that encourages those people to slim down and then they lead healthier lifestyles, was it £100 well spent? Or do you think the whole thing is absolutely outrageous? 08459 455 555. I've never been to one of these slimming classes. I don't know if they work. I don't know what the... I, 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 from what I've heard, I believe they work but in the short term, but once you stop, I've heard lots of stories of people saying, well, then I put the weight back on again. I've known people, though, who are fat, who have kind of said, well, I'm going to a, a, a slimming class, as if just turning up there, that will, yeah, that yeah, will yeah. slim them down. Yeah. And you still see them shoving, you know, chocolate biscuits in their mouth. Mm. And you think, well, you can turn up once a week to a slimming class, but if you're not going to change your diet, if you're not going to change what you're putting in your mouth, it's not going to work just turning up at Slimming World or Weight Watchers, is it? You know, it's not going to suddenly, the weight's going to fall off just because you go to that meeting. You've got to change what you put in your mouth. That's that's the first rule. But you never know. Perhaps there are people listening to the programme who've lost loads of weight with one of these these slimming classes, and they think, you know what, this would be money really well spent because when you lose the weight, you're then healthy. You're less likely to have a heart attack or a stroke or cancer or diabetes or all these other... problem on an aeroplane. Exactly. So pay for it on the NHS. Do you think the NHS should provide free slimming classes for fat people? 08459 455 555 from 9. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Trucker Chris! Good morning, sunshine. Uh, do you know what, mate? I'm on the top of the world, looking out on creation, and the... I'm feeling good today, Chris. Yeah, I've done the same. Especially if you've done that guy on good turn for his birthday. Yeah, I bought a couple of bottles of beer at quarter past five in the morning. That, my friends, is generosity that knows no bounds. Yeah, but you're helping him drink himself to death. I was 22, Oh, nuts. I didn't think of that. <laughs> Never mind, what you got for us, Chris? Uh, well, first of all, good morning, lady cat. Hiya. Uh, <laughs> chucker Chris. Um, chucker Chris. Chucker, yeah. chucker, chucker Chris. Yeah, you're talking about speeding. Um, about eight years ago, um, I used to run the emergency flood for, for the hospitals. And I left um, South London, um, King's College Hospital, at 10 past 7 in the morning. And I was in Birmingham General Hospital at eight forty. Sorry, what? Well, whoa, 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 whoa! Central London and to Birmingham, central to, to Birmingham in an hour and a half. Yeah. Are you well, nuts? What speed were you doing, you lunatic? About one hundred forty-two. <gasps> what? And, and I had a clear, and I had permission to do that. I was running emergency. You ha- who get who gives you permission to do that? No one. No one's got permission to do that. Oh, they, they can if you run emergency. I did emergency. Uh, Medical did you have blues yeah, did you have blues and or twos though Tucker Chris Pardon? did you have blues and or twos on no didn't have anything all, all you have is um, you have a special bike uh, it's got it's all the fluorescence on it you wear a fluorescent jacket and the police just let you go 
Okay, well, you, you have to take a special course in doing it. Yeah, okay. You take, you take a police, like a police uh, motorcycle course, but they let you do it because it's the only way you can get uh, medical supplies and uh, special blood and, uh, you know, um, somebody's having a car plant. You can get them, get them there quickly. Chris, look, I'm going to let you go because the line's rubbish, and I, I think the, the the science behind that story is as well. I can't believe that, that we need we need another blood I've man. I've seen those bu- those bikes. Yeah, those they, blood bikes. I see, I've seen them wending their way, but we need, we need a blood man or woman. I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Now, there was a time when taking a, a woman into a pub would have been unthinkable. Never mind. Can I just say I didn't write this sexist tosh? What, is this how you think My I speak? My grandma still thinks it's not appropriate for a woman to go into a pub on her own. Anyway, we're talking about pubs allowing children in. That's the basic premise, isn't it? Just saying, in the olden days, pubs were no place for women, never mind children. OK, the Golden Lion in London Colney's had a bit of a chequered past. Some of its punters were a bit druggy and punchy, but now its new landlords are looking to turn things round to create a family-friendly pub. But, get, but kids? Pubs? Really? Uh, Fiona Stapley is the editor of the Good Pub Guide. Good morning, Fiona. Good morning. I guess in, in the, these days when pubs are kind of dying out, that they have to uh, adapt and evolve, don't they? Does that, does that always mean involving children? No, it doesn't. It's very much down to the landlord or landlady as to, as to how they want to run their pub. Um, and, I mean, obviously it makes sense nowadays to try and include families in this. Uh, and, and, again, that is down to the landlord and whether he wants to make it you know, a family-friendly pub or whether children and families are welcome if they're quiet. What are your views on kids in pubs, Fiona? I, I think kids in pubs are absolutely fine if they're well-behaved, and I think this comes down to what the landlord and landlady think as well. I mean, it's quite telling in that, we, we, you know, I speak to hundreds and hundreds of pubs every year, and, you know, it comes down to questions, opening hours, blah, blah, dogs, love dogs, treats behind the bar, children. There's always a silence, and then there might be a little sort of... Um, yes, well, and, you know, most publicans love children, but, you know, not if they're badly behaved and mm. run around tripping up waitresses and screaming or throwing, you know, paddy fits over something they don't want to eat. It just spoils it for everybody else. Yeah, that seems to be the, the, the theme this morning, that most people are kind of in favour of it, but you do get these, these irresponsible parents that let their children run amok. They think it's OK. It, it, they, they treat it like a crash, don't they? Yes. We've had so many landlords saying, you know, I don't mind, you know, I welcome families in, but I'm not going to be their, you know, a childminder for their child who, you know, they sit and eat their food, and I'm supposed to look after their child to stop it falling into the fire or poking the dog's eye out or, you know, again, tripping up waitresses. So it's, it's, a, it's a very tricky line. When, when did it... Because I remember when I was a kid, you weren't allowed in pubs. You had to stand outside with a packet of cheese and onion yes. and a glass of lemonade while yes. your, your dad went inside. But when did it change that kids were allowed in pubs? Well, I think, actually, it's not so much allowed by law. It's what publicans wanted to do when right. they realised, actually, they were missing out on a huge uh, market of families. I mean, you know, having a family of sort of five or six into a pub on a Sunday lunchtime is actually quite a lot of money. So they suddenly began to think, well, hold on a minute, we're missing a trick here. Is this the way forward? Do you think more and more pubs will eventually come? Because the the, the image we have of a traditional boozer, where it's a load of men with beards comparing pipes, that's pretty much gone, hasn't it? Well, I think it depends on the pub. There are an awful lot of pubs, actually, that do specialise in, you know, beers, and, and those are the customers they want. But I think, on the whole, most pubs actually have a public bar where actually children are not allowed. Uh, or if they are allowed in there, they're only allowed at certain times and, you know, they're not al- actually allowed near the bar counter. So I think it's great if a pub can have, you know, a public bar where if you want to not be with families, 
you can go and sit by the fire and have a pint and a chat. Whereas, you know, a lot of, a lot of pubs nowadays do have all sorts of dining rooms and eating areas, and some are allocated specially to families. Fiona, I appreciate your time this morning. That's Fiona Stapley, editor of the Good Pub Guide, 08459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very heavy at the moment on the M1 heading southbound between Junction 10 for Luton Air Force and Junction 9 for Redbourne. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, slow moving on the sensors between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 19 at Watford. Taking a look in Bourne End on the A41 heading southbound, there's a lane closed at the moment between Stony Lane and also the Hemel Hempstead turn-off. Some recovery works taking place after an accident. In Waltham Cross, queuing on the A10, and that's at Junction 25 for Enfield of the M25. On the M25 itself, it's queuing heading clockwise to Junction 24 for Potter's Bar because of traffic light failure. So far, checking in on public transport. Delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Hartford North and Alexandra Palace. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Campaigners are calling for action to tackle extreme speeding after two stretches of A Road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year. Demonstrators from Leighton Buzzard are heading to London this morning to protest outside Westminster Abbey against plans to build an out-of-town retail park on land owned by the church commissioners. And the Environment Secretary, Owen Patterson, will officially open the world's largest fresh milk dairy in Aylesbury this morning. The minister will be at the Arla Food Site at Aston Clinton, which has created 700 jobs. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham say they're fully confident there is no case to answer after Bristol Rovers lodged a complaint against Wanderers for allegedly breaching FA rules. Bristol Rovers, who were relegated from the Football League on goal difference on the last day of the season, while Wickham stayed up, claim Wickham breached rules over the sale of Matt Phillips to Blackpool in 2010. Wickham were recently fined £10,000 by the FA, but escaped any points deduction for the offence, which happened under a previous owner. Watford have signed Romanian international defender Gabriel Tamas on a one-year deal. The 30-year-old joined Doncaster in January after a spell at West Brom. Tottenham have appointed Maurizio Pochettino as their new manager. The Argentinian leaves Southampton after 18 months at St Mary's. He signed a five-year contract at Spurs and replaces Tim Sherwood, who was sacked earlier this month. More from Conor McNamara. There's a large, expensively assembled squad at White Hart Lane. They've not been playing to the best of their abilities. Under Pochettino, Southampton blossomed in November. They were third in the Premier League. Attention will now turn to who will be the new manager at St Mary's with Michael Loudrup and Malky Mackay suggested as possible candidates. Whoever gets the job will face an important task straight away, staving off the attempts of other clubs to lure many of Southampton's talented players. Andy Murray is safely through to the second round of the French Open tennis after a four-set victory over Andre Golubev of Kazakhstan. Heather Watson also won her first round match. And weather permitting, England's cricketers play Sri Lanka in the third one-day international of the series at Old Trafford. The series is Level at one all. Play is due to start at two o'clock in the day-night game. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've just tuned in, man, where were you? We were speaking to Jeff about 15 minutes ago. We're going to put it up as an audio boo. Is it up now? Oh, OK. Well, if you go to the Facebook page... 
facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr or follow at Ian Lee or at bbc3cr then you can hear um, uh, uh, I, I was going to say a wonderful piece of radio but I guess that's a lie you can hear a piece of radio um, which uh, you can do I, I say the Facebook page I've had to close my Facebook page this morning guys because I've just been on there and with the greatest respect to the JVS show that picture they put up there, flipping heck. I mean, really, that's that's not going to drive traffic. It's disgusting. It, have you seen it, Kells? It, have a look. It's going to put you off Facebook and your breakfast and pants. Our Facebook page? Yeah. It's going to put, put me off my pants? Yeah. Oh. What's that? I've, I've had to close. I'm, I'm angry with uh, JVS and, and Tim. Oh! Yeah, <laughs> that's why! Wow! Look at the Facebook page. It oh. makes me want um, rice pudding. Is there something in there? It looks like rice pudding. <laughs> so it does it like. Wow. What's the question? Is that, is that Kim Kardashian? <laughs> <laughs> it's the most horrific photograph I've ever seen. It really is. Is it one of the JVST? <laughs> I think it might be. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. What are we talking about this morning? Uh, we're talking about kids in pubs. Is it ever a good idea? Uh, speeding, evil. No one can phone up. No one can call me this morning and legitimately say, hand on heart, I've never sped. I've never gone over the speed limit. We all do it. We all think, oh, I can push this. So, so the, the, the motorway's empty. I'll do 75. We, we've all done it, haven't we? 08459 455 555. But a story that's really got me interested. <clears throat> I know, Justin, you've been out on, uh, having a look at this one, haven't you? Yes, I have, uh, boss, yes. page in the mail. It's some, in some of the other papers... Maxine Carr marries in £2,000 dress. See page five. Oh, OK. Um, just before the One Direction band smoking a doobie. Bride Maxine loved all the attention, joking with the guests at lavish, lavish ceremony. So a murderer, Ian Huntley's former lover, Maxine Carr, has married in a lavish ceremony at a luxury hotel. Carr, 37, wore a £2,000 ivory wedding dress as she and her husband exchanged vows in front of a registrar. The woman who was jailed for giving Huntley a false alibi for the 2002 murders of 10-year-olds Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman is said to have loved being the centre of attention, joking with guests. Now, she didn't murder the kids. She gave an alibi. What she did was awful and was inappropriate. Mm -hmm. But she's been in prison. She served her time. And I'm just asking the question. Have you got any sympathy for Maxine Carr? I think, Ian, by you even putting that question out there, I think that you're probably uh, the bravest broadcaster in Great Britain this morning. I don't think you'll be hearing that phone in elsewhere. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting question. I've been uh, in Luton this morning asking people, have they got any sympathy for Maxine Carr? Here's what people had to say. In, in some respects, yes. Um, you know, if she's served her time, you know, it's time for everybody to move on and let's give her a, a second life, a new life. Well, it's it's pretty wicked for the the press to follow her, you know, from west to east. Um, you know, give her, give her, t- you know, room to move, give her some space. Uh, she's got a chance for a new life. Are you almost too forgiving, though? Are you too uh, possi- nice as a human being? Possibly, I am. Yes, uh, but you know, it's not an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth these days. Well, Darren, you've seen the stories about Maxine Carr in the papers this morning. Do you feel sorry for her at all? No, not at all. Really, she should be in jail. She, she should be in there until she dies. Even though it was an alibi, and again, she had no part in in, in the killing of those two poor girls. She tried to cover cover that killing up of two innocent children. 
even though she served time, no sympathy. She hasn't served enough time. No, not enough time at all. I guess to a degree, but she put herself in that position. So it's a kind of self-inflicted what she's getting back now, isn't it? No. None whatsoever. Well, I don't think that, you know, that it's somebody who, who can actually stand by somebody knowing, and I mean, she must have known what he'd mm. done. And then um, she's protected at taxpayers' expense for I don't know how many years, um, and then can turn out and have a £10,000, £12,000 wedding. So we believe, yeah. Yeah, the, um, an awful lot of youngsters out there working five days a week, all the problems with putting homes together these days and all the problems that go with it. No, absolutely dead set against it. I'm a taxpayer. I'm 65 years of age and I'm still working. Mm. You know, well, as soon as I mention this story, your face completely changed. But, but do you not think that, that everyone deserves a second chance? She has served her time now. She didn't kill anybody. No. Do you think that she should be allowed to, to try and move on with her life now? I've got no problem with anyone trying to move on with their life, but... What is she actually putting back into society? I don't feel she's putting anything back into society. She's she's took it all to be protected from society, and I think there must be some way that she could actually contribute towards it. Well, with the greatest of respect, because uh, uh, Maxine Cart now has a new identity and anonymity... We have no idea what she's doing. Absolutely. We have no idea where she is. We have no idea what she's up to. I would assume, this is assume, I would assume that she is probably got a job uh, and she's probably contributing tax. Yeah, so you could say, yeah, she's giving something back to society. I think that that person made the point, you know, as a taxpayer, you know, uh, I paid out this money to, to protect her. She's not giving anything back. We can't prove that, how she's doing that. But I think, you know, a lot of people this morning saying, well, in actual fact, you know, this person has served time in prison. Yes, it was it was 21 months. Um, some would argue not long enough, but she has served that time. She should be allowed now to, to move on with her life. It was interesting, the first... I, I expected genuinely a, a whitewash of no hanger, uh, killer, you know, we don't want anything to do with her. Mm. The fella at the beginning, I, what he vocalised is what the justice system should be in this country. You mm. serve your time, you get rehabilitated, you are released into society and you are allowed to... Uh, I, I kind of almost repent for mm. what you've done in the past. Absolutely. Again, I, I made the point to him, are you too nice, are you too forgiving? Um, he doesn't think so. He thinks, you know, that that's the way this system is run in this country. She has served her time. And if she is going out and she is in love and she is getting married, well, why should us as a nation know all about that? Because that now is her life. She has spent time behind bars and now she has moved on. There's an interesting text uh, from Michelle. Uh, thank you, by the way, Justin. Oh, stay there, because I want to have a quick word with you about something. Uh, mm. Michelle says she was duped by him. Leave her alone, I, I say. I'm sure she lives the nightmare all the time. I'm surprised that we're, ge we're getting so many people kind well, of saying that. I have to say, I looked on the, um, the, the Daily Mail website today, yeah. and again, I, I thought the same as you. I thought this morning, going out on this, you mentioned to me earlier on, it was a bit dangerous to be talking to people about that on the yeah. streets this morning, but um, it, it wasn't too brutal on the streets. And secondly, if you look on the uh, Daily Mail website, again, a lot of people 
there saying, leave her alone. Yes, she gave an alibi. She was in love with somebody. She did the wrong thing. We all know that. But she served the time. Now leave her alone. Now, Justin, listen, I don't know if you've heard my wonderful story of, of triumph over adversity, hope in the face of darkness, <laughs> generosity, one man's generosity to a boy. Yes. 22-year-old lad outside a supermarket at uh, uh, quarter past five this morning, waiting to go in. The reason we couldn't go in is the owner was having a poo. Yeah. Uh, the young lad told me it was his birthday. He asked what he should do on his birthday. I gave him some really good tips. And when you come up into the office, I'll tell you what those tips were. Yep. I just recounted what I did on my 22nd birthday, or what I would have liked to have done. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, then you know, we said goodbye. We went into the shop. I got I got something, He and I was paying for it. He came up to the counter with two bottles of beer. I went, I'll pay for those as well. He went, what? <laughs> I said, I'm going to pay... Yeah, I'm paying for those two bottles of beer. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah, it's your birthday, son. I feel like, I feel like a father figure. I remember being 22. Enjoy yourself. Go on. And I paid for the beer. And I was just wondering, Justin. Yeah, you legend. A, I'm a legend, aren't you, I? You are, you are a legend. That you know a that? That is fantastic. Top man. I bought a 22-year-old lad some beer at quarter past five in the morning. <laughs> you strike me as a legend, Justin. Have you ever Thank helped you. anybody? Um, yes, actually. I'll tell you a story. Uh, about two months ago, I was in the fish and chip shop. Uh, it was a Luton Town match. And somebody came up to me and they said, Justin. Justin, I'm really sorry to ask. Now, I'd never spoken to this person before, but they must have recognised my yeah, voice or yeah. face from the radio, whatever, um, do, doing some broadcast at Luton Town at Kenilworth Road. He said to me, look, I'm really sorry, mate. I'm starving hungry, um, but I've left my money at home. Can I borrow some money? I said, hey, don't worry. Luton Town have won. Have some chips on me. Hey, there you go, son. You are, you're a legend. You're a legend too. You're a legend. You're a legend. You are a legend. <laughs> a legend. Legend. He bought a starving man some food. What have you done, Kath? You both got done, that's what happened. We didn't get done. You got done, He royally. bought a starving man food. It doesn't get... I bought a thirsty man liquid. It doesn't get any more basic than that. Didn't sound like he was thirsty. Sounded like he'd had more than enough liquids. He's... Oh, I really hope he um, he has a great day. Don't, I don't even know his name. No. Or his birthday. His birthday. It's his birthday. He'll be off to Nando's next to see if he can get some free cake. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Matt's in Luton. Good morning, Matt. Hi, Ian. Well, have you ever done anything nice for anybody? Probably not. I always have. Really? I don't stop doing it now. Well, you, oh, you dress up as Mrs Brown and go and entertain um, ill people, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> he does. He really does. Yeah, by the way, Ian. Yes, Matt. By the way, Ian. Go on. It's my birthday tomorrow. Is it I'm, really? You can come to the Leicester Arms. Me and my sons are going to be there tomorrow. Now, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about the Leicester Arms, Matt, because you've told me in the past they don't like me down there. Well, only me. I'm the only one that don't like uh, it, really. You made it sound like you had a posse in there. No, no, well, there's a quite a good few crowd in there. They're quite nice blokes. And, but we'll be down there tomorrow. I'll, Paul's coming down from London. And he, he's in the same type of trade as you. He's in the TV trade. OK. Well, does he fix so him? You're, you're both two of a kind. OK. I'll put, I'll, put a quid be, I'll put a quid behind the counter for you. How about that? Yes. But the thing I'm phoning you up for is about the pubs, the kids in the pubs. Yeah, go on. I, I don't agree with the children being... It's great when they, they behave themselves. Yeah. I've always taken my kids in the pubs years ago, but if they didn't behave, we were straight out, like you do. Yep, Exactly. And it's not down to the children, it's down to the parents. Oh, it really is. And it does annoy me, because we, t- we take our boys out to restaurants, and we don't go to pubs, but we take them to restaurants and things like that. And it annoys me when you see families letting their kids run all over the place and climb yeah. between tables. No, listen, you do it once, you get pulled back to the table. You do it second time, you get pulled back to the table and firm words. Do it a third time, you're out. We go outside. Yeah. 
Yeah. The other thing, Ian, it's nice for people to come up to say to you, uh, your kids are really behaved well. That's a great satisfaction. Isn't that a compliment? But we haven't got that anymore. No. Well, have your kid? Why do your kids not behave anymore? Is that what you're my saying? Kids, no, 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 no. Even my grandchildren, they behave, and it's nice for other people to remark about that, especially the landlord. The landlord, so you kids are brilliant. Matt, how, you have, they have to be, otherwise they're out. Matt, how old are you tomorrow? Are you, is it telegram time? Telegram time. Seventy-four. Go get out of here! You're older than that. Well, I wish I was older than that, Ian. But Matt, Matt, you're a good sport. Always nice to talk to you, Peter. Stay there. You can have a little whinge after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Waltham Cross on the A10, it's queuing at the moment at Junction 25 for Enfield. Now, that's due to some traffic lights not working there. On the M25 itself, heading clockwise, it's looking busy to Junction 24 for Potter's Bar because of the same problem. Taking a look in Bourne End, there's one lane closed on the A41 heading southbound between Bourne End services and the Hemel Hempstead turn-off. Now, that's because of an accident that happened a little earlier on and now recovery work's taking place there. The A1M, that's looking slow heading southbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage. And taking a look at the M 40, very heavy moving at the moment from the Denham roundabout to the M25. A normal service now resumed on First Capital Connect. That was between Hartford North and Alexandra Palace. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. You've got to tell me what you, you can tell them what you just told me. Just taking a call from someone who gave his full name and asked whether I'd called him. I said no. He said normally it's you when I'm on the loo. <laughs> I said sorry. He said yeah, withheld number. Was it not you then? No. So I've sent a message round upstairs to see if anyone else called Sean who was on the loo. <laughs> you see what we have to deal with on a daily basis. It's eight forty-seven. It's uh, Wednesday, the twenty-eighth of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are calling for action to tackle extreme speeding after two stretches of A Road in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire saw the highest speeds recorded by police in the last year. Demonstrators from Leighton Buzzard are heading to London this morning to protest outside Westminster Abbey against plans to build an out-of-town retail park on land owned by the church commissioners. And in sport, Wickham say they are fully confident there is no case to answer after relegation rivals Bristol Rovers claimed Wanderers may have breached the FA rules. Coming up, we're taking your calls on do you have any sympathy uh, for Maxine Carr being hounded by the press Uh, and speeding stories as well but before that let's get the weather here's Georgina Beds, Hearts and Bucks weather BBC Three Counties Radio Hello there, another cloudy day today. Some more of that light, showery rain around, but also some heavy, heavier bursts within that. Uh, fairly chilly too, with temperatures up to 15 or 16 degrees Celsius. Tonight, though, mostly cloudy with some rain. That's going to be heavy at times too, with temperatures down to 12 degrees Celsius. And then tomorrow, some more he- some more showery rain with some heavier pulses. Um, probably a brighter day tomorrow, but with limited sunny spells and starting to dry up through the evening with temperatures up to 16 degrees degrees Celsius. Then Friday things change a little, it becomes drier and brighter, we may start to see some sunshine and uh, lighter winds too and that stays for the weekend at least we'll have uh, some isolated showers at times but for many of us it will be a dry weekend with improving temperatures that's your latest forecast 
every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show, 9 o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person can sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I, 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 I want to say well done you. For, for being enlightened. But that, that kind of demeans the other argument, which I think is valid. And the subject of Maxine Carr, uh, do you have any sympathy for her? I'm erring on the side of yes, I do. And I thought we'd, we'd mention this, we put this out there and we just get a load of abuse. But one or two of you have shown a real um, enlightenment, and I don't use that word lightly, but pun intended, a real enlightenment, a real sense of empathy. Evan Luton has texted him. How many people have been asked by a friend to tell a small lie to cover for them, only to find out the cover was something more serious? I stayed at a mate's house last night, only had one drink, the tree jumped in front of us. She was in love with Ian Huntley, he asked her to cover, but he probably didn't tell her what he really did. Have you got any sympathy for Maxine Carr? She's got married, she went to prison, served time for what she did, which was was lie, which was, was create an alibi. An alibi that covered up something... You know, horrific, and I don't. I'm not in any way saying this to demean uh, or, or denigrate uh, those two young children that were murdered uh, and the pain and suffering their family, the families must be going through. But, 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 doesn't our system, our justice system, work that people serve their time for the crime and then they come out and they're given a second chance? Really easy for me to say that. I've not been the victim of anything particularly horrific. Of course, that's going to make it easy for me to say that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Steve's in Luton. Morning, Steve. Morning, Ian. Steve, what would you like to say? I, I think you've just said virtually what I was going to say. To be honest. Oh, well, um, thanks I for calling. I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> Go on. The um, no, it, it's, it's straightforward. The general public are just stupid who read cheap sheets and don't understand the law and what happens. The fact is, she made a mistake. She's been punished for it. Um, and she, she, you've got to look at what crime she actually did. Not what the consequences were beforehand, but what she actually did. If you think what MPs do and get away with it, they're far more worse. All she did was tell a little lie um, for her her boyfriend that she was in love with. It was a little lie that extended the, the, the investigation period by quite some considerable way, because the police dismissed him from their inquiries because of what she said. Agreed, and that are the consequences, but the fact is she didn't actually do anything herself other than lie. That's, that's what it comes down to. It was a lie, and the consequences around it were horrendous, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, she told a lie, and she probably didn't even realise exactly what he did or the consequences behind it, whereas MPs who lie about their expenses do. Steve, uh, I'm really, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm really surprised by the reaction this is getting. It's got some really odd details in this article. Carr served 21 months in jail for perverting the course of justice and was released in May 2004, so she's been out for 10 years, and then granted a lifelong anonymity order and a new identity. But while she's been free for 10 years and has now started a new chapter in her life, the families of the murdered schoolgirls will still live in the shadow of the terrible crime. Don't forget, the person who committed that terrible crime is still in prison and will stay in prison for the rest of his life. 
Her husband's name and the wedding venue cannot be disclosed. However, car... And this is where it gets weird. A, how do they know this? And B, so what? Car is said to have spent the morning having her hair and makeup done, was seen smiling with her bridesmaids before the ceremony. She was given away her mother... She was given away by her mother, who was herself jailed for six months in 2004 after intimidating a witness who gave evidence against her daughter. An account of the wedding suggested that everything went to plan. The happy couple said their vows and signed the marriage certificate before joining friends and family on the hotel patio for drinks and photographs. They and their guests drank £10 bottles of sparkling wine and enjoyed a three-course meal in a reception that cost thousands of pounds. Next paragraph. Holly's parents, Kevin and Nicola Wells, rarely speak public, public, publicly about Carr or their daughter's killer. I, I just... So they've approached them by the sounds of it and they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I just, I, it, it, this makes me really uncomfortable. The detail was of any bride getting married, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think we have to go on the, uh, on the side of being sympathetic towards her. She's been out of prison for ten years, and this hounding is never going to stop. You know, if they have, um, if they have a baby, Soham, ex Soham boyfriend girl has baby. You know, it's this is the reason why she has been granted anonymity. By the way, boyfriend girl. I could have just used the word girlfriend. I've realised, yes, yeah. uh, but. And then, then her kid's going to be followed th- through life. The, the, the son of, you know, it's, it just, it's just relentless. It's just relentless. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes if you want to call in about that. 08459 Pete's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What would you like to have a whinge about, sir? I was going to talk about speeding, actually. Go on. If they put a regulator on any driver that's caught speeding at the cost to the driver, yes. that would literally oh. stop it, a lot of it in its tracks. I think this is going to be the way forward. I think in 10 years' time... Um, all new cars, and uh, it, it will be encouraged to be put in old cars, will have these little boxes that monitor your speed and your driving. I think insurance companies are going to demand it. And an endorsement on your licence too. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I, I agree. I think we should have them. I, I'd be up for having one. They're very dangerous on the A1 every day as well. <laughs> Peter, I know you didn't call in about this. Have you, have you got any sympathy for Maxine Carr? Well, I don't really know enough about them. Okay. I can't remember as enough about the background okay. details of it all. Yeah. It was, uh, as far as I'm concerned, if someone's served their sentence, which has been given by a court, then let them finish living their life. Yeah. Because it reflects on their child, it reflects on everything that happens to them in the future. And that's all wrong. Peter, thank you very much. I, I wish we had another hour to talk about this, because the, um, the, the, the crime was horrific, OK? Two little girls brutally murdered. Horrific. But is it, are we so upset about Maxine Picard because of the, the media sensation it became? There have been other child murder stories. I haven't got time to really invent to go through this. There have been other child murder stories that didn't generate the publicity that this did. This became one of those things that everybody kind of latched onto. Is that the reason? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We, we, we've got a minute. If you want to call, I'd pick up the phone now because uh, we may not have time. Pedigree Pete's on the line. Morning, Pete. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm good, thank you, boss. What you got for us? Well, your oh, ter- is your radio on? No, 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 definitely not. Okay, are you on speakerphone? Uh, well, I've got my earpiece in. Oh, it's, it's flipping rubbish. But go on, we'll try and get through it. Go on. Right, your your nice deed today, giving that gentleman and buying him his beer. Yes. Right, it was very nice. How do you know he's not an alcoholic? 
at 5.30 in the morning, I certainly don't go out and buy beer. He was a young lad. It was his 22nd birthday. He'd probably been up all night, and he was going to be up all day. Well, I, I would be very doubtful because, you know, I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't, but, um, you know, to buy somebody alcohol at that time in the morning, he, he could well have been, you know... He could have yeah. been. He, he bought two two bottles of... Um, Girls' lager. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't. He wasn't buying um, the, the, a big bottle of cider or anything like that. Right. That's, that's fair comment then. That's fair comment. Yeah. All right. I'll let you off on that one. Thank you, Pete. Although you know we we but, but yeah. Thank you very much, Pete. Um, yeah. He was. He was a 22-year-old lad. He was celebrating his birthday. He just wanted to. He just wanted to party. Kels, what's, you know what that's like. What's girls' lager? Just like like. Uh, hmm. Just like a light. L- Lager. Why would that make it a girl's lager? I drink ale. Kath? After having the phone call from someone who told me I must have phoned him on the toilet. Sean? Yeah. I've just had a phone call from someone who said, yeah, who's that? And I said, Catherine, he said, oh, why am I phoning you? Put the phone down. <laughs> I often ask. It's an excellent you, point. Kelly. Oh, I think it's for JVS. It's JVS. <laughs> oh, it's jo- it was Jonathan. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He could have been a little... Um, he didn't tell you who he was. I, I feel a little bit... Um, isn't that rude? Isn't he rude? He puts that disgusting picture... Why am I phoning picture. you as if I'm not worth phoning? Well, I mean, I can see his point there. Um, but still, you'd think he would have said, oh, I'm so sorry, Kath. It's Jonathan Vernon-Smith from the JVS show. I'll call you later. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. I'm sorry to have wasted your time. I know you're really busy. Instead, he just slammed the phone down. Yeah, why am I calling you? I mean, why am I talking to you is a thought I often have. I wouldn't verbalise it. Oh. To your face. Behind your back. Any, of course I would. Right, that's it. That's your lot. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M heading southbound, heavy moving on the sensors around Junction 7 for Stevenage. Queuing at the moment on the A10, and that's at Junction 25 for Enfield. On the M25 itself, looking busy clockwise to Junction 24 for Potter's Bar. That's due to the traffic lights not working. Queuing at the moment on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And looking rather heavy on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. Heavy moving on the A41, heading southbound between the Chesham Turnoff and Berkhamstead. And on the trains, so far this morning, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, County. Nicola, 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 I cannot let this go unfinished. Who is your favourite breakfast presenter? Is it me or is it that Wally James Whale? Oh, you, it was always. Yeah, get in there, in your face, Whale. Excellent. And thank you, Nicola. And you are my, one of my top ten favourite travel broadcasters. Thank you. Right, that's it, that's your lot. I think we got away with it. If you go to the Facebook page, you'll not only see a disgusting picture advertising the JVS show, you'll also hear a, a wonderful clip of me speaking to Jeff, an 80-year-old gentleman who, I, I don't know, does he drive? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. That disgusting picture is a big fat bottom. Welcome to the JBS Show. It's Wednesday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, I'm asking, do you think the NHS should provide free slimming classes for fat...